Hi everyone, welcome to Cast. This is episode 14 and also uh, our year anniversary this week. Uh, we have... Birthday to us. I mean, it's, it's not a birthday because it's an anniversary. It's not like... Well, no, I suppose it's... Yeah, fuck it. Anyway, uh, we have our first... Or, or well, our second, our second ever guest is our first returning guest on the podcast, who is Mr. Steve Wilson. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank Welcome you. Back. Cheers for having me. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's 12 months already. Where, where, where has the time gone? Oh, other than months of lockdown. Um, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, at least half of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm delighted to have you back on because uh, we kind of, so when we started this, we had an original plan to have maybe like 30 minute episodes uh, <laughs> and we stuck with that for roughly no well. episodes. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think we've had one 30-minute episode. If you if you look back at Sinclair, I think like our second ever episode was 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and the longest so far is like two and a half hours. And then Steve yeah. was like, we, like, we got to 51 minutes. Oh, shit, that's 51 minutes. It's almost an hour. We better cut this off. And we, we were like, well, uh, yeah. And then every other episode just kind of got a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And then by about episode 29, we'll be like three days just recording, just be sitting yep. there, chat shit for three days. Yeah, <laughs> I remember you saying at the time that like people were, were saying you should make it shorter. And so I love the fact you've, you've taken that feedback and completely ignored it. Um, <laughs> True Ouija cast style. <laughs> absolutely. Well, we, it's the, it's the Ouija versary, I think somebody dubbed it. So that was... <sighs> That was uh, so that's a pr- pretty good phrase, I'd say. Or yeah, shit, depends. <laughs> 12 months, one award. That's a good start. You know what? They're good numbers. They, they, they are good numbers. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there, there's... The, you've obviously had such a fucking awesome career that I feel like you've got about a thousand interesting <laughs> things that you can talk to us about, and by no means was 50 minutes ever going to be enough for that. So, um, so no, it's, it's awesome to have you back on. But... Um, I think what's well, our general idea? We've never had a repeat guest, so, and we've done the interview, so it means we're going to have to look for other inspirations. I think we're thinking maybe war stories. Hmm. Yes. War, war, war stories in general, shit talking. In general, shit talking. <laughs> and I suppose we, we we could have topical discussion as well, given it is DefCon week, and it's probably the first time ever that DefCon has not been in person. This is true. So. And we did have a little chat about that just before we kind of started as well. So should we start with DEFCON since it's relevant? No. I think we should start with... <laughs> sorry to, to you know disrupt things and, and, and mess with the programme. But, but you've, you've had, since I was on, you've had people suggesting questions and guests asking questions for other guests. This is true. How, how about we run through those first? See what a comes reverse, out of that. Reverse order. I like it. I, do you know what, Steve? I appreciate more than anything else the fact that you've came back on the cast and you're immediately making demands. Like that's my, <laughs> that, that's the kind Fuck of shit I'm guys. into. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, do you know who I am? Um, I know who no, I am. Obviously not. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let us find some questions um, because let me let me find the notes. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let, let me dig out the show notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, while you're looking for those, Andy, uh, I will ask, uh, what has your year been like, Steve? Have you Has it been good? What, have you had a good one? Um, hmm, 2020, what, what can I say? Uh, it, it started off all right, but but then things went slightly sideways. No, I mean, it, mm-hmm. I, I can't, comp- well, I can complain, and I probably will. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, things are all right. You know, work, work is stupidly busy. I'm, I'm still employed. I've still got a lot of work. I'm still getting paid. Um, nice, I, nice, I've, nice. I've, I've got on top of sort of the first few weeks of lockdown, like, I basically just went mad and dr- ate all the snacks in the house and drank mm-hmm. about eight bottles of spirits. Um, so off the back of that, I decided this is 
this is not a healthy way to be living. Uh, so I got into a routine of doing sort of exercise every day before work. So I've mm -hmm. actually dropped about six and a half kilos. Um, and, um, and, and I'm in good shape. Uh, well, ish. Well, well, better than I was. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's been it's been all right. I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've kind of I, th I think I've become a bit like institutionalized. Like I'm, I'm used to not going out now. I mean, not that yeah, I used yeah. to go out a lot before. You know, I used to do conferences and I miss them. And I used to go to the pub and I miss that, although I'm not even though they're sort of open, I'm not rushing back because um i'm paranoid and think the second wave is coming um no, it's not paranoia if it's true uh or very very likely i'm the exact same in regards to exercise as well actually um now that i'm basically work from home permanently I, i've basically got myself into a kind of exercise routine just whatever making a cup of tea or coffee crank out some push-ups and squats and like kind of setups and no, you know what no, like I, I as, opposed, great for as opposed to cranking one out that's something entirely different <laughs> that's well, what I mean, you do when you, you do go both to Kelly, right? uh... that, that is my exercise like <laughs> so i've got a 130 uh and this meeting finishes at uh 12 30 that gives me an hour to crank one out <laughs> <laughs> if my boss is listening to this i'm really not being serious like, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'd get at least three in an hour <laughs> good effort so i've got i've got good news and bad news uh, not not regarding crank one out because that's something entirely different you've lost the, the good... questions haven't you well uh, not all of them. Uh, we just don't have the last two questions um, from from the last two episodes, but that's not necessarily a problem. I don't. Well, You're really might... shit at this, Andy. Like, oh, well, we don't I, wouldn't have say, show notes. I wouldn't say we're shit at this. We're just not the best prepared. <laughs> we're still learning. Like oh, twelve months later, like fourteen episodes. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm just yeah, happy so, I've turned the tables because last time you guys threw me off with the, the questions I wasn't expecting. So it's no, no, I like it. Oh no, these Reverse. aren't even the fucking questions. Hold on, no, no, no. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, we're doing this. We're fucking. We're we're doing this. We would be rude hosts not to follow the the, the demands of our guests. So, <laughs> Where the fuck did we put these questions? Honestly, I had them in Evernote, but like I don't seem to have them anymore. Oh, I've got a few. Oh, that's excellent. Good job, I've Dave. Got a few. Good job. Right. That's not that's not sarcasm. That's actually like good good job. Well done. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I think I found them. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no, he's found them. So, so Andy, would you say sleep deprivation is, is affecting you in any way? Oh, not at all. No. Uh what? <laughs> what is the computer? How how do <laughs> No, well, I haven't. How about we have one of these questions here. Oh, no, I have found them. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them. Right, I found the fucking... No, I found some of the questions, but honestly, honestly on you go, Dave. It's fine. Or not. Right, okay, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, is, what is the best and worst thing that you learned in 2019? Um, oh, now that's an interesting one. So I should have thought of the answers to these questions in advance, shouldn't I? Um, yep, that's what you get for oh, shit talk. God damn it. Um, me and my big mouth. Shit demanding. So best, best and worst in 2019 that I learnt. Um, coffins are heavy. That, that was kind of depressing. Um, uh, so I, you know, I helped carry the coffin at one of my friends' funerals. That was that was not fun. Although it was it was you know it was nice to see friends and family and catch up and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that that was bad in, in terms of good. What was the best thing I learned? God, 2019 seems so long ago. It really does. Um, it's it's difficult to see back beyond beyond the nightmare that has been this year. 
Oh, hang on. Did, did Moon on a Stick start last year? Was that, was that last year we started that nonsense? Yeah, there you go then. Get, getting back into doing that stuff. And again, I, you know, some, some guy called Tim, I think I have to thank for that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get him on the podcast at some point. Shit, we, we uh, should have invited him and you, and that would have been like, the, what, fuck, right, episode 15, Steve and, and some guy. <laughs> should we see what Tim's about? Well, yeah. right now. I mean, bring on mid podcast. No, 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 no. It'd be too difficult. Uh, the logistics sound uh, horrific. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, like I say, get, getting, yeah. getting the, the moon on stick stuff going was, was good. And, and realizing, you know, I've, I've got good friends and life isn't as bad as it sometimes seems. Mm-hmm. Ups and downs. Um, which again probably that, set, set me up well for this year, um, which has been fairly okay. uppy and downy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, yeah, do you know what, uh, the fact that I only started a year ago, I'm really lucky to have been to two of them, uh, I guess you had the G3C, uh, and you also uh, went all, came up, up all the way back up to Scotland to do it for our local DEF CON as well. Oh, God, um, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about that one. I mean, again, this yeah, is yeah. we do so many events, because it was, in, in fact, here, another bit of prep I actually did do was I found those notes that I dug out um, from, from, and actually it wasn't from talking to you guys last, it was when I was on, um, oh, what was that other online conference I did? Uh, anyway, but, but yeah, list of conferences from like last year, you know, like all the B-sides, or Leeds, London, Liverpool, um, where else was there, Wales, yeah, Newcastle, um, but but then, yeah, yeah, sort of Abate, Latour de Hack, uh, Steelcon, um, 44con, obviously, yeah, G3C. Um, yeah, no, no, it was, it was, it was a busy old year last year, and and that's why this year seems so weird in comparison. Because um, oh no, I, I was saying it before we, we started recording, wasn't I? Because I, I, I'm really struggling with like online conference stuff. I just don't, yeah. you know, because because I, I sit at a desk like eight hours a day talking to people on the phone or video conferencing or, or you know, to do it. Like at the end of the day, again, it just, um, I, it, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather go and, you know, spend a bit of time away from the office. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's like say, no, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm really missing conferences this year because, again, it's such a big part of, like, that's what I do as a hobby is go to conferences. Well, it's, yeah, it's also probably another, another reason why a lot of us are making that this year feels so long because the, the conferences do break up the year for most mm-hmm. of us. Like, what you'll find when the conference season starts for a lot of people, it doesn't really stop till October, November time. It starts mm. r- round about. Well, I mean, you've got Leeds in January, um, security in February, Latour de Hack in March, um, shit happening in April, and then like summer, the summer conferences is when everything really happens. So like from June, July, August, that's everything happens in a very short space of time. Mm. And then you've got the likes of well, Bisa, Newcastle, Liverpool. Uh, sorry, Liverpool's in April, and then like the, the, yeah, there's just about every major city has a, a conference at some point during the months. Even like the DEFCON and the, the bigger conferences like EMF Camp in, in kind of August time, which unfortunately all of them have been cancelled because of the the, the shit the shitty uh, yeah coronavirus. Mm. Yeah, and well that's the thing. So like obviously I, I went to I've only been to technically two conferences. I've only been gunning for this career obviously about you know a year maybe a bit longer, um, and went to Steelcon and G3C. Uh, and that same time though, like I've been kind of. I didn't have a Twitter before that, so that kind of got created about the same time. I've talked to so many interesting people that, you know, go to these conferences that I'd probably expect to see. Obviously not been able, and I've not seen Neil since we were at SteelCon last year, and I was very much looking forward to kind of reuniting with him, same with yourself, Steve. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's hidden costs there from COVID, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a shame, because, uh, but I think, see, when these start to pick back up in person, 
you know, I think it'll probably be extra special. Well, maybe it's gonna cautious be an, to come back. There's going to be an eighth wave of COVID when these things <laughs> pick back oh, up. It's, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because, I mean, are people going to want to go? Um, oh. You know, if, if they announced there was a big, you know, it's like I'm avoiding the pub, you know, I wouldn't go to a cinema now. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's I don't know, or will they run so they're like some some of it's online and some of it's like in the flesh, which would be interesting. Mm. Or, or will people just like, oh, no, I said it, we can do it online now. Um, so we'll just keep doing it online. Um, well, I mean, so besides London, I, I, I'm not sure what's going on with that but as far as i'm aware that is happening in person in october which is i i, I don't know how i feel about it a half no. means like yeah it'd be great to see people but the other half's like actually no i don't really want to first of all no. i'd have to fly down i don't really want to go anywhere in an airplane because no, well, that's fair condensed condensed space uh public transport's kind of out and i'm like well it's in london so it's about a seven hour drive yes it's probably drivable but who wants to drive to london not not many people mm. And then you've also got the added danger of, well, not, no, no kind of harm against anyone in the community, but the personal hygiene of hackers isn't great at the best of times, right? <laughs> so so during, during something like this, it's fucking awful. Like, uh, yeah, and, and also because we all drink, and as soon as, as, soon as alcohol happens, um, yeah, social, social distancing yeah. goes out the window. And, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to go to it just to see people, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm. Don't really want to die this year. It's probably not a good idea. It's got yeah. a lot ahead of me and all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a funny one, um, but it does just well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if London does go ahead. Especially as I think I'm supposed to be mentoring someone. Oh, me too. Um, there. Um, so yeah, so I should probably catch up with him and have a look at his presentation. That might be an idea. <laughs> um, what? what uh, who? Are, who are you mentoring this year? I thought you could say, "Who are you then?" It's like, uh, who, who question. I, I don't know who am I. It's um, oh, it's, it's my mate Gerbil. Um, oh, okay, cool. Who was um, I forget, I forget what he did. Some like embedded hardware testing thing. Some something he's um, he's built or written because originally he was planning on doing a talk for it at SnoopCon, but then of course we had to cancel SnoopCon as well. But he was planning on doing like a cut down version because by the rules, you know, he's never presented at a public conference before, so he's on the rookie track, mm. obviously. Um, but yeah, no, let's say it should be. Um, he he got me um, one of the funniest things I ever saw. So he did he did talk at and so I could go off on a slight tangent. He did talk at SnoopCon about this. Um, he builds like little puzzle box things, you know, like electronic puzzle boxes, and and you know builds builds a lot of like he used to get involved in um, helps out with the cybersecurity challenge stuff, building, you know, like challenges for that and physical bits and pieces. And he built this little box, and it was just a like a little number pad. And it had, um, I think it had a couple of LEDs on it. And, and you could press numbers into it, and, and the LEDs would sort of flash at random. Um, and he was like, there's a, there's a knack to it, and if you do the right thing, something special will happen. Um, and he just passed it around. You know, he's doing a talk about like, building Arduino things and, and building this stuff. And he's passed, you know, just passed the box around the audience, and people can have a play with it. Um, and, and I start getting these weird text messages, and I'm convinced it's another mate of mine, Cardinal Black. And I'm, I'm like, oh, fucking leave it alone. Stop sending me all this shit on my phone. What, so what? And eventually, uh, like, Gerbil finishes his talk, and he, and he does, like, a Columbo. Oh, just one more thing. Um, he's like, you know that box I've been passing around? So here's what's in it. So if you push, I think it was something like, if you push a number below five, followed by a number above five, followed by a number below five or something, it sends Steve a random text message from this selection of, like, you know, 50. Uh, but it was just it was the way he did it, of, like, just a throwaway comment. Um, but I realised about, like, three seconds, you know, as he was... As he yeah. brought up the final slide and was just about to say this stuff, I'm like, oh, you absolute 
bastards. Because <laughs> um, I say I was, it was, I was convinced it was somebody else. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's got, he's got the, um, yeah, he's, he's got a very fine sense of humour. Um, that's it, it, expert level trolling. Like, yeah. that's that's premeditated. Like, no, and that just it, makes it all sig- <laughs> significantly. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was. He he got me an absolute treat. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I, and I was more than willing to blame somebody else. Um, and then of course, once the secret was out and people understood what it was and how it worked, of course, I then get lots of messages. Of um, and in fact, I was still, he was taking it to other events and stuff and I'd get random messages off it, you know, like a while later. Um, but yeah, no, no, he's, he's, he's a good guy. He's funny, um, but both funny ha-ha and funny peculiar. But I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. Oh, no, that's um, some funny shit, man. But <laughs> full props to that, Derek. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, so just bringing it back to, you know, so that kind of last question there, because uh, and just into uh, maybe talk a little bit more about um, moon on a stick. Sorry, just to make sure I get it right. Moon <laughs> on a stick. Moon as in as in the, the moon. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not noon. So I'm not sure we really talked about that too much in the first cast, but even if we hadn't, and people are only listening to this one, uh, give us a quick description as to what it is, so people know to look out for it in a future post-COVID um, So, yeah, so, well, I mean, it, it, what it is and how, how it got named, what it is. Well, okay, no, so, so we, you know, we, we go and do lock picking. You know, we, me and some guy called Tim. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, I've been, oh God, I can't think when I, yeah, 20 or some odd years ago, you know, somebody taught me to pick locks and then I had it as a hobby and I was always oh, like that lock picking guy. And then, you know, as, as with any hobby, you buy the, the odd bits of this, that and the other. And then, you know, a few years later, you've got all this kit and, um, so we, we drag it around and we sort of teach people a bit about physical security. Um, and like I say, I, I used to do it years ago and then I kind of fell out of the habit, but then I, I sort of got back into it. And the trouble is, I mean, with the, the sort of conference circuit is, of course, once you do like a lock picking village at one conference, th- then all the other conferences are like, oh, would you mind coming and doing, mm-hmm. and doing it, for, which is brilliant. You know, it's, it's nice. It, it's good to support people. Um, I mean, it, it can be like mad busy. Um, you know, I like mean, GTC, I think they had to filter people <laughs> out of the room. Yeah, I mean, to be, fire, to, fire safety. Was to be fair, they, they hadn't told me about the fire regs, and that's fair enough. You can't really argue with that. Um, but yeah, but I say it, 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 you know, it can be time-consuming, but it, it's it's rewarding. Um, in the, in the, you know, it's always nice to teach people new stuff. Um, so yeah, so it, so it was just like lockpicking villages. Now the, the moon on a stick thing that came along. Um, so that was a discussion I had with Tim in the car on the way back from. God knows where, probably somewhere in Scotland. Because um, again, you know, we tend because we've got so much stuff. You know, we tend to drive everywhere, um, so we're often you know travelling together. Um, but it was it was talking about 44con um, because I'd been chatting to Steve Lord about 44con um, before we did the because we did a lock picking thing there last year. Um, I hope I'm getting the years right again. Time time seems very odd these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but the thing was, of course, you know, like doing stuff at B-sides and things, they're free conferences, that's that's fair enough. You know, I, I don't mind putting the effort in, spending the money, taking my stuff. Um, 44, of course, is a commercial conference. Um, so, so the thing with that was, like, oh, should I should I ask, like, if we can get some cash off them? Because it's like people are paying. Um, and in the end, I, I didn't. We just went and did it anyway. Um, but, but it was because my negotiating position was going to be, I thought, like, Steve Lord wouldn't want to give me any money and, and I'd want the moon on a stick and we'd probably meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, but so we, we were looking for a name to hang things on and, and it was like, right, moon on a stick, that works. It's, it's you know, it's distinct, <laughs> it's different. We can come up with a logo. Um, so my mate Metaphor designed the logo for the stickers we've got. 
Um, I should hopefully have another logo coming out soon, which is a, we got a draft logo done for B-Sides Newcastle by um, nice. by a, 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 a girl in Newcastle that the, one of the organisers knows. Um, and we just got the, the initial draft one done, but I've been back in touch with her, so hopefully we're going to get some full colour ones and get some more stickers made. Um, is, it, is it really B-Sides Newcastle? You were having a go at me like, just like it's, not, it's not Newcastle, it's Gateshead or something. Uh, well, yes. Well, in fact, I... I God, that was a ridiculous waste of money last year. So, so I sponsored one of the stages, and I sponsored it purely because the, the I mean, the, so they, they do things slightly differently in besides Newcastle land. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so like they, they, you know, to, to help make the money to pay for the thing, um, they were like, you know, we will different perks. So some people paid for like the, you know, paid for the food for the pizzas, the sponsor, and, and you know, different bits and pieces. But no, I, I paid to name one of the stages. Um, and what did I call it? The stage was named, I think it was, um, uh, this is a Southern conference. Gateshead is not Newcastle. Uh, love from Automaton Bob, um, you know, born and bred in Newcastle. But but the running gag now is like, they're never going to have it in Newcastle itself. Um, the plan is always to have it, you know, somewhere in the surrounding area. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, that was, that was a blast. That was... I mean, I, I and, and I will, I will quite openly say, you know, I, I said, I, I said to um, to Ben that runs it at the end, like, you know, I cannot believe you actually pulled this off, because if you look at like how late that was organised, um, yeah, no, I mean, the amount, the, the amount of planning that went into it, and it, and it was, it was an experience, um, but no, but again, I'm, I'm genuinely gutted that, that, you know, it sounds like, um, I'm not sure what the plans are for this year, because they've announced it, but I think they're doing it online again, because, yeah. because um, again, I know he had, he had some amazing ideas for like he was going to do this crazy, like multi-day, like CTF, both sort of physical and logical, and he had all these ideas. Oh, it was sounding cool. good, but he is, he, he's a character. Um, yeah, now let's see, it was um, Newcastle was. Uh, was was an interesting one, um, but I mean, it amazes me about about the community. Is is let's say you look at, at sort of the in, individuals that are involved, and and you know we're all doing the same sort of stuff. But if you look at like the differences between something like I don't know, like um, besides Wales, say, um, which again I, I sort of had some inkling about the organisation on because I somehow got invited into their own Slack or Discord or whatever it was they were using early. Because again, it was like, oh, can you come and do lock picking? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, let's see. It's uh, besides Newcastle was was yeah. Let's see. That was that was a lot of fun. Although the weather, I seem to recall, was fairly um, awful. Sounds like uh, Newcastle, to be fair. Like the same it, as it's Scotland. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yes, it was uh, was an interesting one. That's cool. Uh, and so and so with obviously the, that question that we just asked you is basically just like what's the best thing you've learned what's the best thing you've taken away from doing moon on a stick or just some of the kind of positive things like because it's to give people an idea like the room at g3c was so packed and everyone was so interested and i think the reason for that is it's such a tactile like you just directly get involved there's locks fucking everywhere and oh, man, but, like, it's so again, cool to see how difficult is this going to be post lockdown with like social distancing and, yeah. and like we're going to have to disinfect every lock and every pick between by by it gets handed out but i mean yeah. i don't know again it's the thing i get out of it is um well, the ones I like the most are conferences where I'm talking and I can sort of sneak away. Um, but no, no, it's, I say it's the teaching people. It's the it's the, the sort of look in people's eyes when they they sort of finally get something to open. It's, it's yeah. like, I mean, it's exactly mm. the same as hacking into a computer, right? It's like I've made that do something that I shouldn't be able to. Wow, For look sure. at me. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's, it's I think I think 
yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've had several beers out of it. I've probably had meals bought for me. Um, I've spent a small fortune on, like, petrol. Um, but like <laughs> I say, but what, what I get out of it really is, that, you know, it's, it's the social aspects and the, and the teaching people. Yeah, was, it, right. was it last year or the year before the InfoSex Tech Club was born as well? Because we, we we've done so much in, like, such a short oh, well, see, of time. See, now, because that's, that's the original InfoSex State Club, which I think which was, was a few of us. Yeah. No, 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 no. So the, the very first one, it was me, Brian Welton, um, Matt Hall and Rochi. Um, oh, yeah. And it was, it was besides Leeds, not last year, the year before. And I think four of us went out to get a steak. And, and then these, these imposters came along later. Um, but, yeah, no, like, but then, but then the, the same year we went to Manchester and like six of us went. And we went to, what was it, uh, Thingamajig and Carter, what was it called? Miller and Carter. That's the I mean, like, again, there's been and there's been like Hawksmoor. Was that was that in London? The Hawksmoor, and I think there was yep. another Hawksmoor somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, God, I dread to think how much I've spent in those places. But amazing steak. Um, yeah. But I have. I, that's another another benefit of lockdown is I have found the most amazing. Oh, should I plug them? Um, I'm not supposed to be advertising here, are we? But I found a no, that's fine. It's fine. in London that does mail order, and I got. I've I've had some of the. In fact, I had the best bit of sirloin I have ever had in my life last week, um, which. Which was a, a bit of um, UK dairy cattle, um, like ribbon sirloin, which was was absolutely stunning. Um, God, you've got me thinking about steak now. Oh. I know, me too. I've, I've got steak in the fridge. To be fair, I might make, make steak after this. Got a nice, yeah, no, nice, nice bit of fillet in the steak in the, in the steak in the fridge. Doing, doing the doing the I've been computers thingy. <laughs> and sleep deprivation isn't affecting you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. What is the sleep you speak of, and how may I acquire some? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to drop off midway through this interview. I mean, I realise I'm quite dull, so it probably will happen. Nah, ah, not in the slightest. Hang on, wait, well, that's the elephant in the room. Um, which apparently is me uh, from something that was said on the, uh, the John Carroll episode. So we should probably talk about that whilst I think on, if oh, I'm going to be uh, insulted by people. Yeah. <laughs> what, the, your, your statement in the previous cast of, I've been playing with kids since I was a computer. See, now you can't, you, you can't distract me now. Um, well, no, you probably can. I'm just trying to remember what John said. But... <laughs> uh, he, he was talking about the time we went on holiday. Um, and and uh, I have a certain sleep-related issue. Um, uh, but it was oh, what Andy yeah. said oh, afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah so, so, so well, let's okay, medical. I, I can talk about this. I'm not embarrassed. Um, so, yeah, so I have sleep apnea. Um, so I snore a lot. Well, no, actually, no, I don't anymore because um, I've got a CPAP machine which pumps air into me. Um, but no, so, so if, if you want an understanding of, like, why am I like what I'm like? Mm-hmm. Um, right, so imagine... Imagine you fell asleep, um, and about three or four minutes later, I woke you up, and then you fell asleep again, and about three or four minutes later, I woke you up, and then you fell asleep again, and then three or four minutes later, I woke you up, and then you fell asleep again, and then three, you'd see where I'm going with this. Mm. Uh, right, imagine how you'd feel after a night of that being woke up every three or four minutes. Now imagine how you'd feel after a week of that. Now imagine how you'd feel after a year of that, or 10 years. or So, so on mm. average, I wake up 16 times an hour. Um, oh jeez, that's a lot, man. Like, so yeah, but that's but that is mild sleep apnea. I only have mild mm-hmm. sleep apnea. Um, now the problem is I don't know I'm waking up. Um, but apparently, what happens is I, I stop breathing. Um, so my you know the soft palate back of my throat sort of closes down. Mm-hmm. Body stops breathing. Obviously, you know your oxygen level crashes. Your body then panics and you sort of shake yourself awake and make this horrendous noise. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> but, but like I say, yeah, yeah, which obviously isn't helped if you've been drinking. Um, <laughs> but but let's say you know it. Um, 
it really fucks you up. So it puts masses of pressure on your heart. Mm. Um, people with it typically um, get dementia like much, much earlier. It causes serious issues with memory because basically, I've, you know, I've got like oxygen deprivation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but no, but the CPAP machine, so it's, it's horribly uncomfortable when you first get it, but I, I can't sort of sleep without it now. It's, you know, a mask that just continuously puts pressurized air into you, so it stops your soft palate collapsing, mm. um, but, but has the added side effect of it. it you don't snore. Um, so, yes, let's say I come from a family of, of big snorers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but so no, seriously, seriously like if, if people, if it's useful medical advice, like because it was, it was my partner that was, you know, I had no idea it went on, um, but it was my partner that got so freaked out, like, you know, I think you're dying because you just stop breathing for, like, minutes <laughs> at a time, and then you sort of, you know, shake yourself awake. Um, but so, again, if, I mean, if people have, like, issues with, you know, problems with sleeping um, or, or, you know, are known to be, you know, incredibly loud snorers, it might be worth getting checked out because let's say it is it is a serious condition you know joking aside um no, that's so, that, that. so what so, was the story with john then was it just uh just so for no, people that maybe they haven't listened to that episode so we um we we mean and him and a, a bunch of mates um went all went on holiday together and 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 spent a lot of time in the sun getting very very drunk and, and messing about um but but yeah no he, he made the point that yeah, basically you can you can hear me sleeping and i mean again i've have, I've, I've had it before where like i've been checking out of hotels and the people mm. checking out in front of me have been complaining about they couldn't sleep because they could hear this snoring all night and, and <laughs> And then you know you get the, front of the checkout queue and it's oh, oh you were in the room next to them, um, but I mean Welcome. again I you know I, I came from a big family like my gran you could hear snoring streets away you know my my parents both snored mm-hmm. um, so again I didn't think anything of it um, but no and, and the testing for it's not particularly pleasant so like the CPAP machine's a bit awkward but to test you to see whether you've got it so they give you they like lend you a machine to take home with you so you've got like a blood oxygen monitor thing stuck on your finger you've got these like little plastic tubes that have to go up your nose that sort of measures your breathing rate um you've got a chest strap that measures how often you're breathing i'm sure there was something else but yeah but there's like right you have to wear this for a night and get some sleep and then we'll look at it and see how well how well you're doing it's oh yeah you didn't sleep very well and it's well it's not surprising is it because i've got all this equipment strapped to me um is that internet enabled equipment no, no. So oh. you can't. So because I've got a good old NHS CPAP machine, um, which is is. I mean, they're, I think they're about eight nine hundred quid each. Um, but you can get much more modern ones now that have. Um, oh, so stuff um, like they'll moisturise the air. Moisturise is not the right word. What do I mean? Um, <laughs> moisturise the air. What's the humidify? The, they'll humidify the air. Yeah. That's what, you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can you can get you can get really fancy ones. I mean, the interesting thing is there was um, there was some some guys in the US, I think, um, that there's a particular model of them that they've been reworking the firmware because apparently if you screw with the firmware, you can make it do like you know vastly more pressure than you can normally and stuff. And they were looking to try and turn them into ventilators or ventilator equivalent stuff. Because in fact, right. one of the things at the, at the start of COVID was yeah. like they, they were using CPAP machines to help people breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not oxygen, but it is it's pressurizing the air going into you. Mm-hmm. So actually I was, I was kind of quite happy at the start of COVID when I found out, like, because, you know, I've never been like, oh, I'm so happy I've got a CPAP machine. It's, know, it's a bit <laughs> of a burden you have to drag around. And, um, but like, oh no, it might actually come in handy if I, uh, if I get COVID, it might help me breathe. It's just, um, it's just got me thinking like what other machines obviously you're saying that that's not internet enabled but i'm just i'm now sitting thinking what medical devices are internet enabled like and what risks are there like uh, I can't oh, help man, there's there's a rabbit hole um, 
I mean, because again, you've got from you know from 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 like MRI scanners down to like pacemakers and stuff, haven't you? Exactly. Well, okay, maybe maybe pacemakers aren't internet connected, but, but yeah, <laughs> but they will be. Oh, no, no, but... no, they, no, there are well, not internet connected, but there are smart pacemakers that are like uh, BLE, and that's dangerous. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got uh, like di- di- diabetics have got the um, uh, fuck. What's the, what are diabetics? What's the thing? Immune system, not immune. Insulin. insulin, that's the one. They've got they've got insulin, um, IoT insulin pumps, which is that's just danger waiting to happen. I don't know who thought that was a great idea. Because mm, was it Barnaby Jack that was looking at medical implants like back in the day after he'd finished, you know, doing um, like jackpotting cash? Yeah. I'm sure he was looking at. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he was looking at uh, yeah messing with medical implants. Um, yeah, that'd be a weird area of research, but also probably pretty interesting. Well, you've got the, you've got the biohacking village and the medical hacking village at DEFCON, and they they look oh, at those those guys are mental. People messing around. The fact you can do like genetic engineering at home now mm. um, is is yeah yeah. No, it's um my god, we live in the future. We do mm. do live in the future. Yeah, I'm just trying to find these other questions. By the way, like, I've, I've, got, I've got them. I, I, I have got some of them. Uh, well, I, I say, think I, I found like four. Your your level of organisation has always amazed me. <laughs> uh, I mean, we we managed to be while while chaotic as fuck, also organised somewhat. Well, I say somewhat. We managed to blast out podcasts like No Tomorrow. I.e., we've done fourteen a year and and not fucked up one too much. Uh, <laughs> one a month, like at least, like which, and that's pretty good going. Like, I would probably argue, but. Yeah, oh, right. Anyway, on to the questions that Steve right hand <laughs> rightly demanded. Uh, what's, what's your what's your password? What's my password? Yeah. Which which one? Uh, just all of them. Just if you could. <laughs> so I don't. So genuinely, I don't know some of them. I, if you put a keyboard in front of me, I could type it. I know what the pattern is, but I, but I don't know what the words are. Um, I I don't know all sorts of things. Um, but I used to. You remember they used to give um, like infosec every year. They used to always go to the train stations and say try and give people chocolate in exchange for their passwords. Yeah. Um, so so obviously then my password is gullible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, very secure and, and well maintained and hidden. And I definitely haven't been using the same password for the last twenty five years on a bunch of systems that, that half the people I've worked with in the past could probably log straight into. Um, no, no, I'm very careful. Security, right? It's it's no. Hang on, I'm a consultant. It's do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. Uh, my password <laughs> is password one two three. Excellent. I mean, I mean, talking about say, do what I say, not what I do is is quite. Um, I don't know, topical, given I trolled the entire internet three weeks ago with a fake binary. Let us just <laughs> I cannot talk believe, about that. <laughs> I cannot believe, like, like, so the last time I, I legitimately caught a computer virus that I'm aware of was on the Amiga in about 1991, and it was from a set of strip poker discs. Um, I, I, can't, I cannot believe people are just, like, like security people as well. Or like, oh, here's a random binary off the internet. I'll just download that and run it. Um, so before we go further, uh, for people that aren't aware of it, which in this industry I'm assuming is basically fucking nobody, but uh, just in case they exist, Andy, what did you do? So it was a Tuesday. Was it a Tuesday? Yeah, it was a Tuesday at the time. Um, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, the uh, checkpoint found a vulnerability in Microsoft DNS, uh, which allowed remote code execution. And they published it, they, they hyped it up, because like, oh, it's the next MS-08067, like, it's going to be a wormable export, it's going to be all this, all, all the jazz. And they were like, right, so we're publishing a blog post at 8pm UK time. And I was on um, Discord to a couple of my colleagues, and we were fucking about just, just chatting. And this blog post came out at 8pm. 8, 8 
and one of my colleagues posted in chat going, "Oh, what what are the odds? Like, how how quick is a how quick it will be before a POC comes out?" And I was like, "Challenge accepted." Uh, so because I'm a massive troll and I I, I, I take, take pride in shit posting most of the time, um, I, I decided to make a fake proof of concept. So I created a GitHub repository which was called CVE 2020-1350, which was a CVE number, um, and that uh, repository had a bash script in it. And the bash script was a curl command to a bitly link, which would take you straight to Rickroll. Now that was that was fine. I mean, Rick, Rickroll was fun, but we went we, as as the kind of night progressed. This this was starting to get cloned down pretty quickly. So one of, my, one of my colleagues was like, hold on a second, we could really make this really fucking funny really quickly. Why don't we load it with Canary tokens? So uh, we we built, we clustered together, built a, a Visual Basic uh, binary, uh, compiled it, put put a bunch of Canary tokens in it. Uh, so Canary tokens are, um, they call back to a source and then they, they ping you an email when they've been executed and they track the IP address and the location of where, where things have been run. So we, we um, I, I took that, I took a binary, loaded it with Canary tokens, also took a PDF file, loaded it with Canary tokens and just, just basically chucked it up in GitHub. And then I sat back and watched the clicks and the emails come in and it was actually surreal. It came. It, 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 I mean, I'm still getting pingbacks now, three weeks later, um, from China and Russia, funnily enough, uh, and North Korea, uh, which is interesting. But the the within about, uh, I think the, I think the the binary was live for about four hours before it got picked up by the first threat intelligence. I, I say threat intelligence very lightly. Um, threat intelligence is a massive air quotes company who had branded it a legitimate proof of concept, mm -hmm. and they were telling people like, "Oh yeah, this is legitimate," and like a bunch bunch of people picked it up and be like, "Oh yeah, shit, there's a POC coming out. Zephyrfish has found this like POC." I'm like, "Oh shit!" And in my head, I was like, "This is fucking hilarious. This is gonna be this is gonna be great." But then it's it got. So but then it got really fucking serious, real fucking quick. When one of my really good friends, uh, I won't name, I won't name the company works for either, um, called me up and he went, "What the fuck is this, Andy?" I was like, eh, "It's a fake POC." He was like, "Yeah, um, you you might want to like double check that your your uh, traffic into that that repository." I was like, "All right, cool." So check it in, and there are um, IPs originating from Russia. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's cool, whatever. And he's like, yeah, but look at where the fuck those IPs are. Uh, and, it, yeah, it turns out the IPs were from the GRU, which is the Russian Intelligence Service, which is <laughs> it, it's problematic at best, but it gets better. Um, he also works for a threat intelligence company, and one of their clients got in touch with them, being like, why the fuck have you not told us about this POC? Like, you're meant to tell us when like, new POCs come out. And he was like, it, we haven't told you because it's fucking fake. Uh, turns out the client was a, a major U.S. three-letter agency, uh, so, so they had run it on systems, and then I checked the logs of the Canary tokens, and sure enough, there was a pingback from <laughs> said HQ of, of uh, said company. So that was fucking funny. And uh, so I started started collating all the Canary tokens and things, and uh, currently, I think the, the actual Canary token for the binary itself has been run from 1 million unique IP addresses, and it's, wow. it's, it's climbing by the day. Like I, I did, I did an analytics the day afterwards, and uh, it was at like two hundred fifty thousand or something, which is still a lot in twenty four hours. But like it's now about a million, and the the the, the blog post that I published after with all the analytics, you guessed it, had a canary token in it, and that's got close to seven million unique reads now, oh. three weeks later. So I thought you said billion to begin with. No, 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 a million. Oh, right, okay. I mean, no, no, that's quite. A, I was like. A billion come, IPs. <laughs> come, come DEFCON next year. It might billion be a billion hackers. People might pick up because the, the problem now is a lot of people have picked it up and chucked it into like their own repositories yeah. for like trolling. It's hit virus total. It's hit all sorts. But I have had hits from every single intelligence agency around the world. They've all run it. 
and it's it, it's just it goes to show that in this industry we we always tell people oh don't click on random links don't run random binaries on the internet don't like always check before you run things when in yep. actual fact we we don't or spell I say we. I don't run random shit because I'm not a fucking idiot, but some people do. Seems and if, you, if fair, you ran though. it, if you no, I mean, just just to close that off, mm-hmm. um, if you ran it, a lot of people were, were putting the argument forward that oh, it was published on a trusted source because I've got a trusted GitHub, and I was like, but my counter argument to that is I didn't actually tweet it from my account. I tweeted it from a sock puppet account that mm-hmm. had no followers. Yeah. And somebody picked it up and went, oh shit, this is legitimate, must run it. And I was like, well, it'll never get any any coverage. And sure enough, it's... it's, uh, it's now, what, what amazes me is that some company looked at it and said, yes, it's legitimate and started advertising it for you. That's... Yep. Wow. So that's definitely weird. But would you not also expect to some degree like these things to be getting picked up by these agencies so that they can verify that themselves so that they can then, you know, yeah, everyone they, does that. Yeah, they, should, they shouldn't be running them on systems that are connected to the internet. Or no, that's, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's where the Canary token comes in. Yeah, yeah the Canary token comes in. I mean, the, the other thing that um, I need to call out, I can't mind his last name, uh, Georges, he works for Sans, but also works for Grimm, who are a, a company in the States. Uh, he, he did a webcast uh, the, day, the, the, the day afterwards talking about all the, PO, the, the random shit. And he's like, yeah, there's a fake POC that's out, um, and I, I, I picked it up. And I went right, okay. So Sans have picked it up and they've, they've decompiled it, and, and they did analysis of it and went right. Actually, this is this is not legitimate. But the the kind of the follow after that is if you go into Virus Total and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can dig out the link. I'll tweet it out later. Um, all of the antivirus vendors have created signatures specifically for that binary that say hoax. Like it's not it's not like it's nice. actually malicious or anything, but it's marked as hoax. <laughs> so if you run that in a system like uh, Kaspersky or like um, Norton, I mean, who uses Norton these days? It's, it's about as good as a chocolate teapot, but alas, um, like Malibu, they all say like this is a hoax binary. Don't run it. Or um, I think the best one was CrowdStrike. Their signature for it was bad joke, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Trolled the internet. All that fun stuff. I would yeah, have no, loved. If you, if you told me before you did it you were going to do it, I would not have guessed. You know, I would have said, yeah, very funny, like three people will run it. Um, I'm, I, I am blown away by that because, again, it, like OPSEC, what, what? Jesus, the world's full of idiots. Um, yeah. But I guess it keeps us all employed, you know. It's full of idiots, but it's also full of people that you would consider, to, like, you would hope would be smart and smarter mm. than what they are. And it, yeah. it, it, it does go to show that we often don't practice what we preach. Yes, we all tell people don't click random things, don't run random things, don't trust everything you read on the internet. And, well, there are people that walk among us who but, who completely uh, null and void. But that's why the funniest things in the world are when security companies get hacked, right? Or, or when, you know, security vendors' products get broken or, you know, big people in the security thing, you know, like when Kaminsky got hacked. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it could happen to anyone. But but then you know hopefully Kaminsky wasn't downloading random binaries off your GitHub and running them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's say I, I can't. I I I never in a million years would have guessed that, that you'd get that sort of traction. I mean, yes, I thought I thought people would pick it up, but but I'm amazed. Um, yeah. So was it um, was it the Thinks Canary token stuff you were using? Yeah, it was. Funnily enough, after the uh, episode of the podcast that we had John on, John was talking about Canary tokens, and I was like, I've never actually used Canary tokens properly before, and then. So- I- 
So I, I mean, again, I've, I, you know, I've known Haroon for, for ages. I was well aware of the technology. Never looked at them before until this week when John Carroll suggested, because my, my other half's been um, having issues with scammers. Um, so she's, she got approached by a, a group of people purporting to be recruiting for English tutors for a massive company in Korea. Um, oh, yeah. So, obviously, you know, they were, oh, we'll do an interview, oh, something's wrong with Skype, but we'll do an interview by email, and then, oh, right, we'd like to offer you a job, can you send us a copy of your passport and some other details? Mm. Then, yeah. oh, can you send us a $780 fee for, um, you know, it'll get refunded. Mm. And, I mean, she'd, she'd twigged pretty much straight away, um, like, after the passport thing, she'd been reading up on, oh, like, what the scams look like, and, oh, God, I've probably been yeah. caught out, haven't I? Um, but then, so, so, as I say, so I'd suggested, you know, report it to a bunch of people, um, you know, like, I don't know, career cert, maybe, because, you know, if, if they're impersonating a Korean company, you know, get them involved, you know, the, the email providers they're using, these and the other. Um, but, yeah, no, it was only when I put a thing on Twitter saying, has anybody else got any suggestions of just the things we might not have thought of, because I'm, you know, it's a long time since I've done any sort of instant response stuff, and I've never really worked around fraud. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, but then since so then she like say John John suggested oh canary tokens so I sent them to her and she sat and played around with them, and 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 yeah she got them she got them with three or four of them uh, she oh, found excellent. out like their Skype Skype addresses so we've reported those to our friends at Microsoft, um, yeah she's she's poor poor scammers it's, she's mm. just harassing them now but she's <laughs> funny of, of you know like well where's I want refunds so she she forged because they were like oh you know send this seven hundred and eighty dollar payment through this online payment processor and send us the, the evidence that you have. So she, she found an online copy of one of their things and she made a fake one that looks like she's paid it. So she sent that to them. And then, of course, they were like, oh, but then they were kicking off about like, well, you've sent us these these um, messages containing malware and you're sending us malware. And so, yeah, so, so I said to, to, to Haroon, it's like, you know, I, I thought, man, of your caliber, I'm, I'm very disappointed you're producing malware. These scammers aren't very happy. Um, but now they've, they've stopped talking to her. I mean, the, the problem is, is um, what I'm trying to get to do is, is you know, like write it up, you know, because she used to work in, in sort of IT and security. Obviously, she doesn't anymore. But but she's aware or she's heard the rumours that like there's other people she knows who are doing tutoring, um, who've also been caught out by it. And I'm like, no, you should make a you know like write a little talk on how you know this is what scams in this space look like. But I guess with you know with all the people working from home now and all this online stuff, I guess scammers you know looking to to recruit sort of teaching people, um, it's a good it's a good target for them. Um, but yeah, no, she's she's been those those things can. Uh, the canary tokens are um, are brilliant. It's mm. such a powerful thing. It is an awkward space that so one because. Wow, well. sorry, you go. No, it's alright. Uh, it's an it is an awkward one, right? So I've got a couple of friends that uh, after we I did university that. Um, and we all decided that none of us were getting careers in audio technology. A, a few of them went abroad to do yeah, just English teaching because I think you yep. just needed a degree. And obviously, to be able to speak English, which nobody in Scotland really does uh, well. But um, the problem is, I guess, like you're looking on these websites. I'm sure a lot of them are in English and stuff. But you know, there's a level of disconnect in regards to like who are the companies that are reputable. Are you going to know mm. the reputation over there? Oh, there's well, so much pretext. Because like, that's that's the thing there. she twigged. That was how she first that how she first knew something was up. Um, because she locked, she went and did who is lockups on the domains yeah. that they were using for, for their email and web stuff, and they were registered like you know four days before that in Texas. And it's mm. like, so it was very odd for a Korean company doing recruitment, and then the money they wanted to send that was to a hotel in like Turkey, I think it was like it was an address in Turkey. And she looked up, it's like it's a Radisson Blue Hotel, um, <laughs> and and then there was I think there was some IP addresses in Singapore. 
um, no, no, not Singapore, Taiwan. Um, but yeah, but it's just, it's, you know, I mean, the thing is, because they approached us saying, oh, we've seen your profile on LinkedIn, you know, we're doing all this recruitment. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, how, no, did they, how did they approach you in the first place? Did they email her or did they LinkedIn request no, they, her? No, they, they emailed her saying they'd seen her profile on LinkedIn. Um, um, but yeah, so, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, no, she, she must have a, her email address on LinkedIn profile. Um, but again, it was it was such a, you know, the initial high of, oh, I've suddenly been offered this work, there's all this work, I'm going to make this money, and then, ah. Um, but like I say, you know, once, 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 you know, once we realise it's all start, yeah, I say, we, I, you know, I know people in the industry, because um, the thing that we hadn't twigged was, of course, they were they were contacting her via Skype, and well, Microsoft owns Skype now, don't they? And, yeah, and yeah. I have some very good friends working in, in Microsoft security, so again, it's just like, right, brilliant, give, give me, who do I need to talk to? Who can I, you know, they're defrauding people. So, um, so yeah, so like I say, so hopefully I'll get her to to do a talk out of it and let's say just teach other people because I think you know let's say a lot of people it wouldn't you know but who is what's who is how do I look up what do you mean when internet sites were registered and you know that would be uh, a fascinating talk like and irrelevant as well like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that not everyone's going to go into pen testing. You've mentioned you yourself haven't done too much incident response recently or fraud in general. Like, there's so much to be learned there that is relevant to like so much of this industry that that would make for a seriously awesome talk, especially yeah. since Canary tokens are involved because they're fucking fascinating. Like, um, I mean, on, 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 that, on the topic of fraud in general, I mean, fraud mm-hmm. is a really interesting topic that I'd never really sat and like learned about before. I mean, you, you hear about random shit like the Nigerian stuff, you know, like, yeah, it's definitely fraud, mm-hmm. but like, oh, nice. uh, yep. One of one of the girls I, I mentor, uh, she was chatting about it. She works for a, a building society, and she was like, "Yeah, fraud. Nobody's really interested." And I was like, "No, it's actually a really interesting topic." And you, like people who work in banks, they, they deal with fraud all the time and all this other stuff, but uh, or the financial sector in general. But those of us who don't really deal with it day to day, you think of the things that we think classify as social union. You're like, actually, no. The underlying problem there is fraud. It's not like. You are social engineering people, but the the objective is fraud yeah. or money laundering or other things, and and uh, means she, end. yeah, it is a means to end. And and one of the things that she did was she picked up that and and published it on Security Queens. So Security Queens are a, a group group of three uh, up and coming security professionals who are. Um, Awesome. Awesome. And we still need to get them on the podcast at some point, but they're all at various stages of moving to different places and starting new jobs and things. So we'll find them at some point. But um, she did a blog post about the kind of, I think it's the top five uh, common types of fraud and, and like what to look out for. So like the, the things like romance scams, all these sort of things. You're like, yeah. these are things that we as security professionals might never really think about, but underlying, you might get caught out. I mean, the, the this LinkedIn thing is a prime example. If I was going to fish someone, I'd probably contact them on LinkedIn first, get information, then then contact them and have pre-existing pretext. But it's something we don't think about as, as professionals and often, yeah. often um, mere mere mortals or mere muggles don't really think about either. So it's important to educate those around us and all that fun stuff. I don't know where I was going about with that, but it's an interesting topic for Catalyst. <laughs> no, it does. It, it is. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. It's it's and and, and it impacts you know real people, because because you know I mean it's like robbing robbing massive corporations. Nobody really cares about that, do they? But but let's say you know, little little individual people. Um, so again, let's say I, I thought yeah, and no, get, getting her to, to document her story about it. Um, again, as as a teaching thing for other people doing tutoring, of you know if you get and I mean again it's it's you know we. Sh- it should have been, you know, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true, and oh, oh, and yes, it is. It is too yeah. good to be true. Um, and but by, again, by the time you've done that, damage is done. Well, 
to a degree, depending what's happened, damage can be done by then. Like, it, it, well, because well, again, it, it was sort of seeing where it was going. That was my thing. Is that let's wait and see what happens. Wait and see. Yes, we, we think it's probably fraudulent. But let's wait and see. You know, see what mm-hmm. do they do next? You know, are they going to send you some like remote control PC thing that they're going to try and take over your PC? Are they going to just ask for money? Have they done some sneaky like that PDF file they sent you? Have they done some sneaky stuff and they're on your box already? Or yeah. um, because again, then you know, let's say once you know what's happening, then you can do stuff. Um, but yeah, let's say after after the money thing, and then then she got the canary tokens and started causing them grief. Um, which well, I mean, is good. That, that is a genuine worry as well. I mean, the, the thing we're talking about PDFs, like the, the more I do exploit dev for uh, like red teaming and stuff, the more I'm like, shit. There's like lots of vectors out there that you don't really think about, and you go, actually, have I already been compromised? And you're like. Mm. Am I, am I stupid? Like, you, you think, oh, am I stupid enough to click on this? And you're like, well, probably not. But then you think of things that you've downloaded in the past. You're like, shit, could have that? Could that have been packed with X, Y, and Z? LimeWire. Like, oh, <laughs> line I mean, I mean, LimeWire, line FrostWire, BearShare, Napster, all, all that. Morpheus. Shit. The, the, the Morpheus. Like, there's so many, so e- many. E Donkey. Yes, E Donkey. Oh fuck yeah! I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so much stuff in the past. Obviously, you learn from mistakes. I mean, we've all we've all had the well, we've all seen viruses firsthand, be it be it Corona or actual computer viruses, and it's. Again, no idea where I'm going with this, but yeah. Well, I can I can lead that somewhere. So we were talking kind of war stories. What is Steve? Um, without any specifics whatsoever, the the worst uh, like malware incident that you can describe at a high level like either the most damaging or just the most infectious that's just immediately crumbled an entire company maybe not well, well, want to cry surely is the answer to that it must be surely but uh, that's well not not that so, so from, from from my experience um oh and i've just i i i had a thought and it's gone away uh jobs work Malware. So my, my favorite ever instant response. So so I used to do back when I worked um, at Kinetic and for the MOD before that, we I used to do, you know, I did pen testing, I did instant response, I did forensics. Um, and we used to get called in. So, you know, so we literally, you know, we're on call, you know, if, if you have an instant, we will be there within four hours, I think was our thing. Um, and, you know, we will turn. Um, and a lot of the time, instant response, you know, it's, it's non-events. It, a lot of the time, it's not incidents. It's just like people not realizing the way things work or, or you know, mm. just complete false alarms. Or, yeah. um, But we had this banking customer. And I should be very careful not to say who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm sure it was a long time ago. I can, from, from very high-level terms, I could talk. And we, we did pen testing regularly for this banking customer. Did a lot of work for them because back in the day, that's what we used to do. Um, and we told them about a particular vulnerability once. And, yeah, so, so we told them we'd seen it. It was all fine. Uh, we get a phone call from them, instant response style of, like, like, ah, our antivirus has just started going nuts. We think we've been compromised. So we, we go and look. Um, and sure enough, yes. The, so there was a, there was like a, it was a WES server. So some some script kids got on their system. They tried to install this software. They if they had found it, it had gone a bit mad. They had a weird load balance solution. So they'd they'd been trying to hit the servers, and you know it's like infect one server, but then because of the load balance, they're talking to a different one. Mm-hmm. So they'd, they'd compromised about half the servers. They'd installed this software that didn't work because the load balancers changed the ports. So yeah. the ports that it looked like it was listening on on the outside weren't the ones the servers were talking to the inside. So they couldn't get yeah. this software they'd installed. So it somehow got in the boxes, installed this software, but they couldn't use it. Yeah. Tried hitting it a few times, but the load balancers were putting them on different boxes. So they'd, um, they'd sort of, you know, given up and gone away. So we were like, yes, yes, you know, your AV has tripped today because these people have come along and, and installed installed this software and you've seen it and but then we started digging and and what we found out was they'd actually been compromised six months before um 
And we think there'd been between three or four different groups of people. So initially, there was a single packet from a dial-up account in Russia, which um, over, which did the uh, it was the Apache chunk decoding um, exploit back in the day, which we had told them about and they hadn't fixed. So so we were in the clear. Um, but yeah, single single packet from Russia, which then tripped off this connection to somewhere else. And then for a month or two, there was connections from a couple of places in the world. And then the next month or two, they changed to sort of more connections in different places. So it looked like it was being handed over. So we start investigating, start digging through what we can find because um, obviously so we've got forensics teams where you know go pull the servers take the disks image them and looking through um, so like I say we worked out that they'd been actually compromised six months before for six months the attackers had been on their networks funneling information and exfiltrating it um, one of my colleagues who was working on the job with me we found his account details had been compromised um, but of course, the bank bank didn't want to tell anybody. You know, this never happened. La la la. Business as usual, because that's yeah. what banks do, right? Um, but yeah, but let's say it was it was the fact that you know they thought it was one thing, and actually it was something much worse that they would have gotten away with. They wouldn't have got caught. But like we we think eventually the like the group of script kiddies they gave it to because the first thing they did they came in trashed all the logs and tried to install all this software. Mm. Um, whereas clearly the people who had been on there before you know it was just fragments we found, but but like bits of stuff we recognised, bits of date files, bits of executables we knew. Um, but yeah, let's say it was it was fascinating because it was like this is how real attackers operate. Um, you know, very sneaky, very technical. One attack, then very very low level access for a bit, slowly spread over the network, and and it was the first time I'd seen because you know I mean back then okay now red teaming is and you know the, the sort of wider attack so, so prevalent yeah 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 but back then it was like you know you look at a system in isolation and you look at another system in isolation when you're testing stuff and like I say it was yeah no this is oh my god this is how these these bad guys really work. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, the bank was very happy because obviously we found out what gone on. We were very happy because it was, um, I think we did that job over a bank holiday weekend and we had several people working on it and, and our call out rates were quite high. I think I worked out we were getting paid. It was something like we were getting a pound every four seconds. Um, so I, I wanted a little machine on my desk that just dropped pound coins every four seconds um, <laughs> as, as motivation. Um, but yeah, no, no, it was good. It was good. I mean, again, I used to like doing that sort of instant response work because it was, you know, getting called up at three o'clock in the morning and going calm people down who were panicking and, you know, work through the process to, to you know, make things better. Um, there is a human factor there as well. Is that something that gets discussed um, when you're talking about instant responders and people that do that? You know, like how it is, look, obviously people must be upset, especially if they're the business owner and they can see, I'd imagine, ransomware in particular because oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's down like you're down and out if you can't get a backup but. Yeah, it's, it's interesting it's not something we, I mean yes looking back it seems mad that it wasn't something we considered and I mean mm -hmm. you, you knew that you know going onto site and I mean again we'd go onto site you know as a team so there'd be a bunch of us so you know whoever senior person in charge would sort of keep the customer and calm them down while we were running around you know pulling things off the network and pulling disks out of servers and stuff but we never actually we, I don't think we, we sort of formally considered but like, you know we knew we were there to calm people down and to try and like it's alright it'll be fine don't panic about stuff you know we have this and hopefully you know they've done some sort of readiness preparation thing because that was a big thing when we used to sell instant responses you know before so we, we were like held on retainer so you know you would come our customers would hire us and pay a fixed amount to have us on call for the year mm -hmm. but obviously you'd go in beforehand and do like a, a sort of readiness exercise with them to you know make sure they're logging stuff make sure they've got backups you know all the, the sort of sensible best practice thing so that if an incident happens you know they're, they're sort of prepared and can um, can handle it yeah. but like I say we never I I don't remember ever, and, and again, it's I'm, I've been out of that, that game for a while. But I don't remember ever sort of formally talking about like the the, the psychology of of dealing with the stressed people you're going to encounter. Mm, um, 
exactly because like, that's such a massive massive thing like, and it just takes people out like businesses that people have built forever out out for the count and very little way of getting it back sometimes by the sounds of it oh yeah uh, what, what about yourself Andy like, have you got any kind of similar war stories that you want to regale us with uh, well instant response I suppose I mean it's not actually related to security funnily enough or well it's not related to when I was working in security so I used to a bit, bit of uh, disclosure I used to work in data recovery and uh, IT repair before I got into like pen testing and, and hacking and uh, I suppose the most interesting virus or I suppose ransomware outbreak was uh, we were doing work for a very small company doing uh, like this was the post data recovery after they'd been essentially breached uh, there was a virus called the Metro police virus i don't know the official name for it or fuck fuck knows but essentially what would happen is um you would download an attachment uh, from a phishing email or something from your bank and and it would infect your machine and say that you'd been downloading child porn and like they were the police knew about it and very obviously all of the people that had brought it to us they, they were old grannies and things they hadn't clearly they weren't fucking paedophiles or if they were yeah anyway topic for our discussion but um one of the, one of the things happened is we we did some work for a small garage who specialised in performance cars, and they had been infected with this, and they were they were infected mid tuning of a Lamborghini at the time, and their systems went offline. So they'd bricked a Lamborghini, which was getting remapped at the time. So they basically fucked up royally, and they're like, right, what the fuck do we do? So I had to essentially break this down, having no knowledge of malware at the time. Uh, I sat with Ida because um, my, my boss had bought me Ida. I was like, right, reverse engineers. I was like, fuck, because it was it was the very first kind of what you would call ransomware before ransomware was all all the all the mm. And I worked out that, and actual fact, you could run, you could boot the machine up in safe mode, run the binary in debug mode because they'd left the debug flag, and it would automatically decrypt all the files. So I did that, and I was like, holy shit! And uh, we like I, I did this on site, and there's this Lamborghini sat on a own road totally fucking dead because the ECU had been like overwritten and I was like right shit how the fuck do we fix this so we basically reverted the machine back um, and they managed to revert the ECU back and I was like this is fucking amazing I, I, I saved the business and brought a Lamborghini back from the dead <laughs> it's like it's something that I've never experienced before and it's something I don't think it's something I'll ever really do again in, in pen testing but it, it's it was my first kind of taste of reverse engineering stuff and, and going through things and being like, oh shit, this is this is problematic. Now that's probably not as massively widespread as things like WannaCry or, or the bank or things like that, but it did give me an insight into mm-hmm. how how damaging one click can be and then applying it to a very small business that deal with very vast amounts of money. So, well, that's one of our other questions that we can slide quite nicely into, uh, defining risk. So I guess it basically is that like... How much is that click going to fucking cost you at the end of the day? Like, well, they, we estimated at the time that that was going to cost them millions of pounds. They they, they are a, they're a small garage shop. They, 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 I say garage shop. They're a small tuning company that specialised in Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and uh, at the time Bentleys. So they were having multiple through every week, charging a couple of thousand quid a pop to to remap them and and make them more fast because. What what do you want when you buy a, a six hundred horsepower Lamborghini? Oh, I don't know, an extra horsepower, extra hundred horsepower, which you're not going to fucking use anyway. But yeah, some people some people need to need to justify buying a, a dick extension. That seems to be the yeah. Anyway, I'm going off on tangents. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up at dick extension, but <laughs> <laughs> fast fast cars. What what can you do? Oh, they're they're great fun. Love I love fast cars. 
Yeah. No, they, they were both really interesting. Uh, stories, like, mm-hmm. quite different in their own ways, but obviously it's, it's a side that I've not had to experience. I don't do instant response. Um, something I'd maybe want to do in the future. Uh, but have either of you ever... So I think Steve's story basically was basically this, but have you ever been doing a red team or a pen test and then accidentally, and this is just open to both of you, like stumbled across like active something that's currently going on and currently compromised and like yes, just absolutely. back doors? Um, is this common? Yeah, so so red, red teaming, I, I, I understand um, because of the, the, the nature of the way you're going in, looking at things in ways that, that sort of admins don't typically. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we've I am I'm aware of, of a, a large number of red team tasks where like previous compromises have been identified. <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, so yeah, let's say it's it's um, I can think of, of several jobs we've done where it's like oh somebody else has been here, oh somebody else has been here, or still is here, or like why are those Machines yeah. running that job, a Bitcoin miner. Um, <laughs> well, I've, stum- I've stumbled across, I've stumbled across Monero miners before while on jobs, and you're like, this shouldn't be here, and you're like, what the fuck? And you you pass it to the client contact and don't really hear much of it. But I've I've had previous jobs as well where you're actually on it, and you're like, oh right, there are actually attackers on the inside right now. The way that we've got in has been used by other people, and the reason we found it has it's been in leaks or something else, and you're like, oh shit, how how long have these attackers been here for? So when I was working for a previous company. Uh, we had to actually bring in the instant response department because we're like, lads, uh, this company's been fucking breached and it looks pretty fucking bad. And we were, the thing is, it wasn't even like a red team. It was just a pen test. I was testing mm. a, a VPN app at the time um, and I'd broken out of their Citrix environment and got onto their main domain. And I was like, I was I was pretty pretty new to my career at this point in time. So I don't know about things like uh, how to compromise Active, Active Directory. But I was like, this looks off. Can someone who has a little bit more experience and knows what the fuck this means look at it? And uh, head of instant response looked at it and went, yeah... Yeah, this is this is a problem, mm-hmm. and and it turns out that there had been an attacker on the system for about a year previous, and they've been Jeez. exfiltrating terabytes of data a week, and it's because they didn't have any any kind of um, exfil not exfil protection. Like d- data loss protect- prevention doesn't really exist. Like people run rave about DLP, but it's not it, in in essence. It's back then it wasn't really a thing, so they hadn't really checked for it. And they weren't noticing it because they had a, such a high volume of customers that the the amount that's being exfiltrated was wasn't anything out of the norm. Like you, yeah. you say, terabytes is a lot, but then what this company were dealing with was well, they, they were data sharing service, so relative multiple terabytes of data is just it, it's noise amongst well, signal to noise really. Well, it's a bread and butter in it. It's, yeah, why would they? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's very cool, uh, and also scary. So, what kind of happens in that circumstance then? So, you, like, you've arranged a pen test, you're in the middle of it. Well, it's, you're a, it's, a, non- fu- it's a it's a not my fucking problem, Martin well, Tucker. No, exactly, thing. yeah. But what happens with the company? Like, do they basically is that just now? A, like, we suggest that you also buy our instant response <laughs> kind of well, it, or hire us for that as well. I or, suppose it it depends on the ethics of the company you work for. A lot of companies. I mean, I'm I'm not like a corporate shell, so I won't be like going going up upsell whatever. But like, I, my recommendation at that point in time was. Um, you need to get instant response. I don't yeah. care who you buy it from, if it's us or someone else, but you fucking yeah. need people in right now and you need to fucking look at this. And <laughs> sure a... enough, the account manager's like, oh, we can sell them instant response. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's cool, but I'd rather they got their shit sorted because I'm like, well, yeah. this is this is me personally being like, get your shit sorted. I don't care who you buy it from, but get it sorted. 
Yeah, um, damn right. Yeah, that's the, the the right ethics. Yeah, exactly. Get get the situation fixed, and then obviously look at it from there. No, that's that's super interesting. Uh, I'm hoping that's something my career will eventually kind of bring me to. Because uh, yeah, instant response sounds kind of potentially quite rewarding, and like uh, in a way that I mean, maybe other areas aren't. If you, if you like solving puzzles and and understanding why things happen yeah. or, or why they did happen, I mean, same with forensics, right? It's it's you know it it fascinates me that sort of like can I can I put together a story that that explains what what led to this thing being in the state it's in um hypothesizing proving or disproving your hypothesis the scientific process it's super scientific yeah. right and that's cool <laughs> it's, it's, it's so cool isn't it something like mm. and you know I, mean, I, I want to be a forensic pathologist when i was a kid right i wanted to investigate like like you know why things happened i, I just oh, yeah, never we discussed this last time. This was one of the topics I seem to remember. It's ringing bells. We were just like, I want to, I want to look at dead people. And like, well, Steve, you do you. That's, that's... So you're, you're, you are slightly putting words in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but you know, it's, it's interesting. That's like, yeah, how do you understand how things work? Well, you take them apart. Uh, be, be it software or people, it's you know. Um, yeah, that's where medical science came from. Like yep. you know, without that exact mindset, and I like, yeah, probably many people we know wouldn't be here today. The, or mm. the world wouldn't be the same. Right. Yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. Well, actually, that that comes on to quite an interesting point. So, I I have coffee with a couple of gents every day, and we we discuss all all manner of eclectic topics. But one topic that came up today was um, actual biohacking. So, looking at um, like transplants, and this isn't really related to security, but it's quite an interesting topic. Like mm-hmm. transplants and like nerve reattachment um, technology. Like they haven't got like, one of the guys I have coffee with. Um, he said the three things he'd like to see in his life before he dies was footage of giant squids, which has happened. Um, Thermal global thermal nuclear war, which hasn't really happened, but he's, he's seen, seen a little bit of it, and uh, nerve reattachment technology. And I was like, well, I mean, you've got one out of three. I mean, you could count probably some of it. Some of what's going on right now is potential global thermal nuclear war, but it's not really, not really. But um, the the reattachment stuff was really interesting because we we're talking about all the different transplants you can have of body parts and organs, and like you can have lungs, you can have your heart transplant, you can have like kidneys, all sorts of major organs. But the one you can't do right now. Now is brain transplants because there's so many fucking idiots out there. We, we need multiple brain transplants. But he was he was alluding to other things like eye transplants and uh, like sci- like kind of science fiction. Like there are people who have augmented vision now. That, that, that uh, he was talking about a case of a guy who was blind for like 25 years, I think, and he had an eye transplant and they'd reattached the um, the retina to. Like he hooked up, so he could see again. Mm-hmm. He saw his daughter for the first time. Like she was twenty-one, and he, she, he'd essentially never seen her before. And it was like a tear, tear jerker moment and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. really interesting topic because you're like, well, the point in which we get to nerve reattachment surgery is the point in which we come to human cyborgs and yeah, it does. And, and then an even more interesting question on top of that um, is, like, at what point do you cease to become you? Right. What, you mean like singularity sort of stuff? No, I mean, you replace your leg, you know. Uh, or do you define yourself by your leg? Probably not. There's plenty of people out there, you know, that are missing a limb of some sort, like, and they'll get on with their lives and they won't define themselves by it. But what happens if you replace two legs? What happens if you replace two legs in your hips? Like, what happens if you replace fucking all of it up to your brain? Well, you've got so, uh, on on the top, and maybe not the brain, but you've got the um, case the quadriplegic guy who can control a drone using uh, n- neuro neurological waves. So that that is like fucking mind control, just about. 
He's got a drone that he can control using, like, oh, I want a drone to go forward. All right, cool, he'll go forward. Elon That's... Musk's got his, uh, apparently, eye set on playing his iTunes library through his brain. Yeah. Which That's... is kind of cool. Right, yeah, we've got a weird and wonderful future. And then on top of that, all this shit's going to have to get hacked by somebody. But, so <laughs> maybe it'll be us on the... <laughs> mm. No, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat behind with, with sort of, you know, Modern medical science. Um, I should I should do some reading because um, yeah, no, it, again, it's it's you know the technology that goes along with it is um is fascinating. Yeah, it is, getting it increasingly is. more advanced. It mm. is right, right. Back to the original, t- the original questions, because you, you know, you know that's what. We, to be fair, this has been an interesting podcast so far. We started oh, off has with utter chaos with no plan <laughs> at all, and we've actually covered a lot of interesting topics, and we've still got time to go as well. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to try and cut you off after what we did last time <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Uh, so we've had what is your password? We've had kind of all that fun stuff. Uh, we talked. We talked. The first question was, "What was the best thing and the last thing you learned last year?" And this is another interesting topic that came from uh, one of your good friends, actually, Freaky Clown. Uh, what's been your biggest regret in your career, or what's the thing you've wished you have or have not done differently? Um. Oh, I'm again. It's a tricky one. I dislike the word regret. I I yeah. kind of wish. I mean, looking back, so I I started pen testing in uh, very the, like. The, yeah, it was like December 99, I think, that I, I, I sort of switched over to the, the pen testing team. And looking back, you know, back then we were charging like 1950 a day. You know, the industry was tiny. We were, you know, a very good, sizable chunk of it. Um, I wish I'd started my own pen testing firm about 19 years ago because um, I'd probably be a millionaire by now and dead, mm-hmm. um, possibly. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't know. It's... Uh... I mean, again, the trouble is, it's 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 like missed opportunities, isn't it? The trouble is, I, I wish I had a cloning machine so I could make like fifty of me and go and get fifty different jobs in fifty different places, doing all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, um, but but again, the trouble is, but then you know, do I do I really, you know, I'm I'm sort of happy where I am. Well, you know, as happy as I ever am. Mm-hmm. Um, so so again, it's you know, I I, I don't know. Let's like, say it would. I, I do wonder what would have happened if I tried to set myself up in business. Um, it would probably have failed horribly. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah. from what I understand with businesses um, and the people that know them that have came from a technical background and started them is that they just got further and further away each year that went past from what they really wanted to do. Mm. And it's not that that's a bad thing, because obviously life will take you in different directions. But um, yeah, you're pretty much consistently across every business owner that I know. It's oh, like, I mean, yeah. there's, there's a good friend of mine who well, I, I, I shan't name him. Um, he knows who he is. Um, and again, he was you know massively technical, wrote, wrote some really cool software, started a little company to sell it. You know, company grew and grew and grew, and it, it ended up like they, they stopped him doing technical stuff. He was like, no, mm-hmm. you're you're like the you know you're my, you're in charge. You go off and do all these meetings. You go off and do all. Um, and yeah, his thing was, you know, yes, I now have this massively successful company and I'm making all this money, but what I'm doing all this work that I'd really rather not be. Um, That's I mean, right. again, why, why you didn't just like, well, I'll, I'll be technical and I'll hire somebody else to manage it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, see, it's, um, yeah, no, I, I do wonder what, what, what would have happened, um, but having you know, having lived through because the obviously electric company I was at before BT went bankrupt and that was that was hellish. Um, so perhaps not not doing that to myself um, beforehand <laughs> was a good thing. Um, but it's yeah, no, I'd, I'd forgotten that FC had been on. Uh, yeah, he's uh, a I mean, I'd, I'd love to have an episode with like. I suppose who I would classify a few of the greats like yourself. Actually, an episode with yourself, John Carroll, and Freaky Clown would be fucking epic. Mm. 
if only you were friends with us and somehow knew how to get hold of us and, and oh, get yeah. us off by chatting. Uh, and we weren't yeah, all locked in due to... Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we should do that. I mean... I think that well, one thing that came up it wasn't it was a couple of episodes ago was having multiple guests on one podcast because I think it'd be I mean I think it'd be really interesting to do. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it always worked for Terry Wogan. He had multiple guests, right? Yeah, chat show host. I've always done it. I don't, uh, I don't see myself as a chat ho chat chef, a chat ho host. The fuck that's like. <laughs> a chat ho host. <laughs> <laughs> almost as bad as the protein slip in the last it was <laughs> it was <laughs> um, see I, so, I think of you as a chat show host there you go oh, uh, <laughs> but if, if, I, if I fuck up a pen and a red team I can always become a chat show host Weedy chat show host. with Andy Gill <laughs> <laughs> du, 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 du. Sorry. Yeah, where, like a theme, theme tune. <laughs> where is where is Jill oh you can't <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping for a silence. Never mind. Silence. <laughs> I get what you were saying about that question. There, like, see the because whenever I read it, whenever we do a podcast, like, um, I'll tend to kind of think about these questions in the context of myself, so I can maybe better understand and you know empathise with other people that are answering the questions. Because that that is quite a big one. Like, kind of regret. Some people will answer that and be like yeah definitely got regrets other people you know will be a bit more like yourself you know like, eh, i don't really have too many regrets there's maybe one or two some people just don't give a shit but i guess that thing is like like everything can change like from that decision you made back there if you had chosen something different we have no idea what could have happened oh, yeah. like you know um for good better or worse like mm. obviously like um so i mean if we're talking about kind of your past regrets like what's the, another one of the questions we like to ask is we normally ask where do you see yourself in 10 years however i'm going to slightly change that um, what kind of stuff would you like what kind of stuff would you like to accomplish in the next 10 years like is there anything that you're like i would love to have by then started something new anything like that um god i'm unimaginative uh hard I, question. I, I mean, again, I, I don't know. So I've always, I mean, like, like, like sort of work-wise, you know, like I thought the first place I worked was going to be a job for life. And, and then I thought the second place I worked was going to be a job for life. And now I suspect un until where I am now sacks me and maybe that'll be a job for life. So it's not like I have, have these grand plans like, oh, you know, I want to go off and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of content where I am. I mean, so, so to be fair, the, the person I am, I am most envious of, um, sort of recently is 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 um, my mate metaphor who is is nearing retirement age. So he he's dropped down. He's only working part time now. He only works like two and a half days a week, mm -hmm. and has you know two and a half days to himself, and is doing music, and you know has all this time to spend. And I'm 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 envious of that. So so you know maybe 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 drop the work a bit and and just try and find time to do, you know like my my own stuff. Um, but but you know keep up keep up like doing the lock picking stuff and doing the teaching bits and doing the conference stuff as long as. You know, we keep getting invited to conferences because, um, again, that's where I, I, I find. So, so, I mean, you know, I, I like my job. I like what I do during the day most of the time. Um, but, but you know, my, my focus is on, well, probably COVID again has messed all this up because, you know, I had all these grandiose plans to set up this um, this physical training, physical security training stuff at work. And, and yeah, obviously, because we have a travel plan and yeah. travel plan, travel ban and can't go anywhere. <laughs> Um, <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> no, that's that, that sleep deprivation's catching. Um, <laughs> Contagious. 
so yes, like I say, you know, do do a, do a bit less work, do do a bit more of my own thing, um, try try and keep myself occupied and and, and generally distracted from life. Um, do you know what the thing is, like, there's just so many areas like that aren't necessary, and I'm noticing this myself because obviously, again, I'm I'm at the, I, I don't want to say the opposite end of the journey, but, uh, but like at the very <laughs> beginning of it, anyway, like, um, and like. I keep finding myself, so I, I'm trying to take more a step back sometimes from studying. I'm so relentless with it, but you know the bar- that coupled with work, uh, which in itself is studying, so I learn every day and it's awesome. But like, there's definitely an element of I'm trying to find other stuff to kind of entertain myself with. It doesn't feel like studying. It feels like I'm taking a step back. But see, whenever I've done that, I basically then went, "Oh, cool. What about electronics?" Like, and then you're kind of like, "Ah." Oh, what about electronic hacking? Like, it just it seems to seep its way through everything else. Is there any um, hobbies that you've got that um, you just haven't had the time to work out, like, and you'd love to expand on if you had that more time? <laughs> Literally, so I'm I'm stood in in my my office now, not the basement, not my workshop. Um, so I can see my my big boxes full of all my soldering stuff, all my electronics gear, all the bits and pieces I bought from Maplin to intent to build uh, physical <laughs> capture the flag games. Um, oh, you know, I, I have got like literally there must be 30 or 40 locks I can see from where I'm stood that have turned up in the post. that have got put to one side to be looked at later. Um, no, I, I am the master of like starting projects and not finishing them. I've got <laughs> drawers full of like, you know, old conference badges, circuit boards, all sorts of stuff. Um, I have got I've got piles of, of, of books that I haven't got around to reading yet. Magazines. I've got I've got so many video games I haven't played, so many films I haven't watched yet. Um, no, I'm I'm really really good at like oh I'm going to do I'm going to get into that I'm going to start doing that and I'll buy some and then oh that gets put to one side and um, I'm trying to declutter a bit at the minute because I've I've ordered a, a new PC VR thing so I need to empty out my office so I've actually got room to like move around. Nice. Um, although. Cool. Though I'm also wondering because I'm I'm chatting to my mate Dave and pondering building a massive shed in the garden so I could have like yet another room to fill up with. <laughs> is it is it your stuff. is it your is it is it your is it is it English, Dave? Is it, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hate this, or is it or is it different, Dave? Hang on, who's English, Dave? Uh... Well, it, well, not not English, Dave, but he's got a new pup. But we call him English, Dave, just to just to. Ah yes, bash. Yeah, that's bash. that's what we need to. So so in fact, the only the only time actually no, that's not quite true. I left the house during lockdown once to go and buy dog food. Right, that was the only time during lockdown I left the house until lockdown got lifted. The only place I have seen uh, that I have been since lockdown started is is to visit um, Dave and yeah and meet Bash, who is absolutely adorable. I think he's got he's got his own Instagram account or Twitter account or something. Um, but yeah, he is. Oh God, what will he be now? About eight weeks old? No, no, nine, nine, ten, ten weeks, I think. Um, twelve weeks. Twelve weeks uh, the other day, because I was chat, chatting to him about. Puppies. Okay, but it, but yeah, oh, it's such. I mean, but but you know, I mean, puppies are lovely, right? But I wouldn't want one in the house. Um, you know, I, I like I like big old dogs. Um, but no, it's it's going to grow into an absolute monster. That that beast. Um, Bash is such a good name as well. Oh, that's a fucking great name for a dog. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, not say I, I yeah yeah I'll, I'll not leave the house to go anywhere, but but I will if it's if there's a dog involved. <laughs> how, how was your? Because you were you were puppy sitting last night, weren't you, Andy? 
Yeah, yeah. No, how was that little little thing? That little bundle of chaos. Yeah, he's good. He's uh he's not my dog, actually. He's he's my parents' dog, but I I see him pretty much daily. And mm-hmm. yeah, he yeah we've nicknamed him Chaos Teddy Bear because he's basically he looks like a teddy bear, but he's a bundle of chaos. And yeah, he is learning the ropes of what it's like to be a pup, not in not like away from. When, when pups are born, they're they're amongst their brothers and sisters, and and uh, yeah, he's on his own. But he seems to be pretty pretty fine. Yeah, I've mm. taught him taught him to sit so far, and he's not shut the house yet. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's the that I mean that's the thing that gets me like let's say you know, I I couldn't be bothered to like house training puppies. Fortunately, every dog we've ever had, you know, because we get we get rescue dogs, yeah. um, so they. I mean, one or two there's been the odd incident, but no, let's say it's the fact they turn up that they're, they're well trained, they're um, yeah, they're house trained. Um, but it is, I mean, I, genuinely, that that I think is 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 the best thing about my life. That is my favourite thing about my life is that I get to rescue dogs and make them happy. Because um, no, I, yeah, I, I, I no offence, I, I I mostly hate people. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But, but you know, so I've I've never met a dog I didn't like. Um, but I've met but plenty of people I didn't. Uh... I must have I'm sitting here just thinking, I'm like, dogs are fucking cute. Because one of my pals just got a new puppy, like, and it seems like the most adorable thing. Like, no, it seems like everybody kind of during lockdown seemingly kind of everyone, like, oh, everyone pet, got a dog. Like, yeah, yeah, it seems so, that way. So I have, I have, I, I, I alluded to the coffee shop I go to um, daily, but so many people have got dogs over lockdown. Like, I was there today, and someone got a Dalmatian pup, and I was like, I've not seen a Dalmatian. In years, and this uh, thing is so cute, it's unbelievable. And no, it's all right because they have lots of deafness, don't they? Dalmatians, they do, um, yeah. It's a, yeah, another inbreeding thing. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, like, like you say, Steve, like you, you hate people, but like, you know, you'll, you'll literally leave during a pandemic to go see a dog. Like, see, I wonder how many people in the world have used that for social engineering. Like because oh, no, I would absolutely. get my guard down immediately. Like. It's it's like when when my um when my mate got his puppy, so it's a great way to meet women. You take the puppy out for a walk. They want to talk to the puppy. Um, there you go. They've got to talk to me as well. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. And I mean, like for things like badges and like getting a better look at somebody. Like if you're standing outside an office with a cute dog, you like, and someone's like, oh look, and they have a wee bit of banter. And that entire time, you might have your pal just sitting there looking, kind of like, okay, so that's their badge. We we'll get a wee photo mm. of that. You know, get I mean, again, if, if you yeah, if, if if you need to be somewhere where where you know people might think it's suspicious if you're just hanging around, yeah, no, no dog dog is a great prop. Because um, again, well, I'm just out walking the dog. Oh, carry a dog lead. Oh, I've lost the dog. You haven't seen the dog, have you? That's why I'm wandering around here. It's not that I'm up to anything. You know, it's, it's all dodgy. Well. It's just like, have you seen my dog? Um, he's lost. Uh, but yeah, that's it. No, no. What's that gone? No, I was just going to say, have you have you done too much of that yourself? Kind of like the kind of physical pen testing. So obviously you're good. Stealing dogs. But... <laughs> <laughs> have you had, had any any times where you've had to kind of use pretext, or is that an area that you've not been so involved in? Kind of like the like blagging uh, yeah, your way yes. into problems. Yeah, no, I mean, well, well I, 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 dis, I dislike it. We're professionals. We don't blag. Um, that's what <laughs> what's what, that's what scammers do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, again, you know, that, that is that is that is part of my rule. I mean, obviously, the, the trouble is COVID has stopped. Um, you know, we're not allowed to travel, so doing physical testing is proving difficult. Okay, um, yeah. But, but I mean, again, my thing is, you know, let's say I, I, you know, I'm keen on teaching people physical stuff because, again, the you know, the universities are churning out you know, sort of cybersecurity graduates, you know, at the rate of knots. 
Um, but but you know, if you want people with physical security skills, you know, they're they're sort of fewer and further between. Um, so again, my thing is, you know, well, we need to set up facilities so we can you know train ourselves and practice. Because again, you know, like you know, how quickly you lose those physical skills if you're not practicing them regularly. Yeah. Um, so you know, we need to stay on top of all of that sort of stuff. So like I say, my you know my sort of goal moving forward at work is is you know spend as much of my time as I can getting this physical security tra um, training thing up and running. Um, but again, we have to. The trouble is with the, the state of the world as it is. You know, we can't travel. It's too risky. Even if we could travel, you know, getting people into one location to train together using all this kit that you've got to handle and pass around. And, and that's um, not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, I guess we have to wait for for better times. Um, I'd imagine with the jobs as well. Like, you, even if you're like, you're on the job for these, it must be quite difficult because like there must be so much additional scrutiny as to why somebody is somewhere at the moment. Like, yeah. You know, well, then, I suppose if you think of, well, again, I, I don't know because I've not left the house. I don't know. Maybe it's busy out there. Um, but yes, again, I mean, obviously, if you're, you know, if, if you're on your own in an area, you're going to stand out. Um, if, you know, if normally places that are, you know, really crowded that you'd get away with hanging about, let's say if you're, you know, it will it'll change things. Well, there was um, a, I mean, a topic, I mean, on the topic of COVID and stuff and, and social engineering, um, I was in one of the DEFCON channels last night and this, this very topic came up. Social engineering during COVID. Is it easier or harder? And yeah. one of the guys put forward a very, very valid point. It's probably easier for two reasons. One, there's less people around to actually stop you getting into buildings, so there's less people to challenge you. And two, you've got a better pretext. What if you rock up in a hazmat suit, I'm here to do a COVID assessment of the building, oh, we're, we're not expecting this. Like, oh, yeah, but there might be a second wave coming. That is enough to convince most people that, do you want to get the virus? Do you, do you want risk of death? Like, We work for Track and Trace. Yeah. And we need some information in regards to the people that work in your building. Um, here's some fake credentials. Can you give us a couple of phone numbers uh, of your staff? Like, fuck it, there you go. You've got maybe some email addresses or something no, to it start. Would, it, would, it would be interesting to look at the stats. Because obviously, you know, with, with the amount of people like stuck at home, like, I guess home burglaries have gone down. But I'd love to know, you know, have break-ins to like like offices and commercial sites that, you know, that people aren't working at. I'd, I'd I should go and look and see if there's any published stats or whether it'll it'll show That'd up be later. Because well, again, funnily, I, you know, like enough, so on, on the topic of home break-ins, funnily enough, home break-ins have actually gone up. Um, certainly, like I, I was chatting to one of my mates who works at the police, and he was saying that home break-ins in the west of Scotland. No, that's not just because it's Glasgow, because Glasgow has a high crime rate anyway. But um, home break-ins have actually gone up because people are either on conference calls and things, and pe people are being gallus, and and uh, criminals are being gallus, and essentially going into people's houses while they're on the phone and if you're preoccupied being on the phone you're not going to be you're not going to notice someone possibly coming in your front door or whatever else or depending on how your house is set up mm. so they have they have gone up funnily enough you, you, you'd think it'd be the opposite but it'd be interesting to see if there's any public stats like you said for commercial sites that's a fair point because I must be. So I've, I've just got a new headset for work, which is like it's active noise cancelling. Yeah. Um, and obviously, so yeah. I have it on when I'm on calls and stuff. But then I tend to, like, in between calls, it's I just spin the microphone up and leave it on. But it, but it doesn't mean I don't hear anything going on in the house. That's um, a really really fair point. I've not even remotely considered because I mean, like, uh, I think my first really, despite being an audio engineer or pretend to be one, uh, the first time I've tried like noise cancelling headphones, it was actually when we did uh, that podcast with. Uh, new uh, up at yours so we recorded oh, yeah. that on site of yours and i was using your sonys yeah I, I never really used noise cancelling tech before that but i did not hear you come into the room at one point and it scared the living shit out of me so but <laughs> oh, like, no, they're, I, someone's they're breaking in like 
they're weird technology. I, I always think it's like putting your head like in a bucket of water because they don't they don't cut out the external noise completely, but it definitely muffles it. But no, I mean, I, I had a set years ago. Um, one of my colleagues talked me into getting a pair of um, Bose uh, mm. noise cancelling headphones. Again, for server halls, because you know if you spend a lot of time in a server hall, I mean, even if you're not listening to music on them, just stick them on and turn the noise cancelling on, and it you know takes the background noise away. Um, but yeah, no, let's say it's 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 weird how all this what once was like you know fancy technology is now. You know, I've got a new new Bluetooth headset for the computer, and it's it's active can- uh, noise cancelling. Um, but then it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and it's like you know I remember like when cars didn't have air conditioning or electric windows or you know central locking or, or, or seatbelts. Uh, yeah, we got yeah, no seatbelts. Um, optional. Uh, but then, as you rightly point out, I am I am very old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to find these other questions here. Uh, I, I can't believe you still have. <laughs> I found one of them. Yeah, we're an hour half in. We still haven't got these questions. <laughs> Probably because we haven't got most of them noted down because what, what is organisation? Um, it's been quite for if, if you could teleport anywhere, would oh. cities, become, cities a... become a thing of the past? Oh, oh, you want this one? This is why you asked. <laughs> like, this was the plan all along. You want to answer this question. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating philosophical question because what's your <laughs> definition of a city? Um... But yeah, but I mean, again, I guess the point is, if if again, different people have approached it in different ways, haven't they? Like, oh, was it just me or, or like everybody? Um, but it does because I mean, if you think about it, like like Star Trek, like you know, like 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 personal communicators, we've got them, mobile phones, and all this GPS. But the one thing we don't have is, is you know, like beam me up and then beam me somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and I seem to recall there was some there was some crazy um, science years ago that apparently people were working on it. I. I I don't know how we'd cope. If you could go anywhere, well, I guess we'd have to develop like shields, wouldn't we? So you'd have some like sort of shield around your house. People couldn't just teleport in. That's a good um, point. But then could they, teleport your, could they teleport your house somewhere else? <laughs> um, oh, Steve's asking the big questions. Like. <laughs> so, yeah. That'd be weird. Like, oh, if you're having your dinner and some cunt just appears and you're fucking you're like, hey, how's it going? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you uh, here? Wrong house, guys. Sorry. Like, <laughs> wrong, wrong house. Like, I was I meant to be at number two. Off, but... off by one shit. Yeah, but yeah. So, so, but I mean, again, if I if I could go anywhere, any, well, I don't I don't live in a city anyway. You know, I've, I've not lived in a city as for as long. You know, as soon as I could get out of cities, I got out of cities. So, so for me, cities are a thing of the past anyway. Well, no, I mean, I, they still exist, and I'm glad they do. But I'm glad I don't have to live in them. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think if if that technology did exist, I, I yeah. I, I I don't know how we'd cope with it. Um, uh, is an I mean, interesting I, question. I'd, I'd love it, though, because it would be great to be able to go, you know, go, go. Because, you know, I mean, I, I like driving and I like travelling and stuff, but I also like getting places. Um, and sometimes, you know, you don't want a 12-hour drive to get to where you're going. Um, uh, this all sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? Um, so work oh, from no. home. So I've got a couple of things to maybe ask about that, actually, see what you guys think about. But work from home, you know, if the world was based around that and... There's going to be a lot of changes in this regard. One, for me, it seems we're going to work from home, and I'm sure I'm not probably the only one, because it can be done, and it's now been proven that it can be done. Uh, but where does... So, from a security standpoint, like, obviously, I'd imagine with this absolute scramble for work from home with COVID, like, like the amount of additional insecurities to corporate networks caused by that must be pretty massive if it's not been handled correctly like would you agree but yeah no I, I, yeah I, I i think so yeah. i mean again because your workforce has gone from being in like one centrally controlled location where you can you know monitor them and and keep track and, and now people are like you know at home on their own networks using their own stuff mm. with god knows what other family members in the same house on the same network 
Um, yeah, no, from a from a, a you know sort of old fashioned management. You know, I've got all my people, and I know what they're up to, and they're on the kit I've given them. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's from a from a security point of view, it's a it is a bit of a headache. Um, Would it change the way that? You guys would approach maybe a red team. Is this something that's actively kind of considered when you're talking about big organisations? You're maybe targeting kind of. Is that now well, going to be a, a low hanging fruit? Again, it's an interesting one because if, I mean, the, the trouble is if you're on your home network, you know, working for company X that you work for, and I'm doing a test against company X, can they give me permission to attack your home network? Probably not. I, I, no, again, I, I suspect there are. I mean, okay, I am not a lawyer. I, I will state that up front. <laughs> um, so this does not constitute legal advice. Um, but yeah, no, let's see. I'd, it's 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 a tricky one because I I don't know because obviously I mean there's lots of concerns about you know what you're allowed to test and what you aren't because of because mm-hmm. of the permission thing and, and compute misuse yeah. act and prison food and all that. Um, but like I say, it, it must make things yeah more 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 difficult. Um, what do you think, Andy? What, as in the security precautions around working from home? or No, of- more how you would approach, because it's let, let, let's say in a post-COVID world, so maybe not just now, where a lot of organisations go, we can have a far smaller space, just maybe meetings, maybe virtual offices, you know, something along those lines, if we just kind of start, you know, sending everybody back to their house, maybe they'll connect through a VPN. Obviously, I'd imagine that well it's not going to be like people will be using Windows Vista laptops maybe in big organisations but maybe they will yeah I suppose the well the COVID, COVID has, has taught organisations a lot of things and the working from home thing is an interesting one because I've spoken to a lot of companies and I, obviously we do a lot of work with a lot of companies but about their approach to COVID and, and if it will change their business models and you look at it from a couple of angles. You can look at it from the risk angle. Um, you could argue that the risk has actually gone up because people are, work, are working from home now and like things like mobile device management and uh, just kind of general company asset management is out with of middle management. So the thing with uh, offices is a lot of people like to be in offices because they have middle managers. And does that mean that now that people are working from home, middle managers cease to exist because they don't have people they can like prey on or sit on, not prey on, probably a bad, bad example, but you know what I mean, like sit, sit and like kind of watch them do what they're doing. They don't really have that because you're, you're working from home. But then you could argue that people are then uh, being monitored more because they are sitting, uh, like they'll be timed as to when you're clocked in and when you're clocked out because there are organisations like that out there. But going back to the, the point of security, uh, I, I think it does raise a question around personal security alongside work security. Mm -hmm. Does it mean that people are more susceptible to being fished from a personal perspective or because they're in the comfort of their own home, are they more cautious around what they're doing in their personal life versus what they're doing in their work life? Is there a, is there a crossover there or are they like, do they have a a discrete segregation between the two? Do they know that? Yeah, just exactly what you said there. Like, so and I've not considered this until you've just mentioned it. I'm, I've been thinking, about this from a you know someone's attacking a company standpoint but what happens if someone has their work laptop compromised and it's on their home network like and then their personal lives start becoming at risk and then when you mix the two of those together and maybe you add in something along the lines of like extortion well so a a prime example of this and it's something that is worth considering and anyone who's listened to this is, is also worth considering 
segregation of your own home network, right? So most people will be connecting from home to a VPN, which is work, right? Yeah. And if the VPN is set up correctly, it'll be tunneled. So you're you're not you're not connecting and you won't have connections into your home network. But some networks won't be set up correctly. Like a couple yeah. of my friends who don't work for IT focused companies, they have a split VPN. So they can actually SMB from their home network into their work network. Now that's bad, but what if they get ransomware on their work network and that ransomware is their home network? Because there's no network segregation in place. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I, that's one of the things I, I have done with my home network, and a lot of other people have done, is in, integrated VLANs. But your average muggle will not have done that and will not have the segregation between work Mug. and personal. Yeah. I have I have 12 VLANs at home now. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, have, I redid I that. That's what I did over the last six. couple of weeks. Redid all my switches, replaced it all with VLAN-aware stuff. I mean, I wonder whether are we going to see businesses sort of starting to push out like, here's a work-from-home pack, here's a little firewall, your work laptop has to be behind that to protect you from the home network. Yeah. Um, because, again, I, you know, I mean, in places I've worked before, if you're working from home, we want you behind, like, an evaluated firewall product, i.e. Mm. we'll buy you a, you know, whatever. Um, so, like I say, I wonder whether, that, that, yes, working from home will become more prevalent, but they'll try and push, like, a secure enclave into your house that they can control. To, mm. to, to, you know, keep your family off this, this is just for you and work, and, and it will, you know, tunnel everything across the home network to so you're protected from the home network. Because, um, again, let's say that's just my, my thoughts. Is, is, yeah, it's... It, is, it is an untrusted environment. I mean, it, we talk about this a lot in security, about having having trusted environments and having your data segregated stuff. You have a lot of companies that operate a, a flat network. And I'm going to probably hedge my bets that nine, t- nine times out of ten, most people who aren't IT-focused will have a flat home network. They will yep. not have VLAN set up. They will not even understand... <laughs> The, the concept that you can have more than one network on your home network. Like, for example, my home network, I've got all my IoT gear on a different network. My work machine is on a different network. My personal stuff is on a different network. My lab machines are on a different network. Like, it's a pain in the arse when I try to connect to my lab machines because I need to go via ESXi and, and hook in. But like, it's it's security over usability, and a lot of people just will not have that. Mm. And it also opens up another market that people, which I hadn't really thought about until the, just, just the, the second when Steve was chatting about, there will be a new market for home security products like home network security that wasn't really there before quick start a company uh oh shit let's do it <laughs> well you were saying steve like you were saying that you regret not starting a pen test company like back in the day like this is your moment this is your moment we you cast limited oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah maybe well hmm. I say it'll be be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the trouble is, I think I'm I'm too busy and it, it's not physical enough. Um, <laughs> no, that's that, that's that. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll design I'll design the locks to go in the case for you. Um, <laughs> Andy, would you target a home computer if yes, it was part I, yes, of you? Would... And I have. Well, I, I say I have. Um, I have accidentally compromised home computers before while being on fishing engagements. So. Um, it, not uh, uh so, see so this is going. Yeah, so we we've we've had targets in the past where the entire company works from home and an individual opened up a phishing email from a personal device because they had yeah. access to OWA and uh, we got a shell and I was like, Oh fuck and I was like, Hold on a second. Uh, like it didn't dial back, it got but we got an IP ping back and I was like, That doesn't match the domain of the target user. But they still opened it. So I contacted the client contact. I was like, does this look like a legitimate user? Because the username matches the username format, but the domain doesn't match. They went, oh, it does. Hold on, I'll look into it. So we had a call the next day, and they're like, yeah, so that's not... Uh, that well that that employee's in a lot of trouble to start with because they've opened up work stuff on a personal machine but that's on a home network 
and that's that's first of all allowed SMB traffic out to the fucking internet. So that's a problem to start with. Um, and they essentially got, I think that that employee ended up getting sacked, unfortunately. But the it, it's like it, it highlights that using work technology on personal devices is out with of the control of an organization a lot of the time and a lot of them are blind to it because things like outlook web access there isn't really there, there isn't that many controls that you can implement you can't you, there's no vpn protections in place there there's no um like endpoint protection you're kind of out with of the estate from that perspective so does it have whitelisting is that something microsoft offer at all for their mail like, you know, outlook, uh, yeah you, you can you can have it so a lot of organizations have like an, they'll have an internal owa which is on a like a like a like a private ip address so yeah. like 10 10 dot or 192 or 172 or whatever um and yeah, you can only access access it from VPN the VPN. Yeah. yeah, which is that that would be an effective solution, but, or client side certificates as well. But then it doesn't stop people exfiltrating the client certificate to a personal device and using that to connect. So, Jesus, it's, massive it, problems. Like, it I, adds, I just, yeah, it so adds many. an augmented additional layer to insider threat, and it actually insider threat is such a it's so prevalent now. I mean. Take the well, the Twitter hack is probably a bad example because the Twitter hack was actually a compromise and then the, the access was sold on. But it was initially thought of as an insider threat. But all of the all of the breaches that have happened in the past, how many of them were insider threat and how many of them like could have been prevented had X, Y, and Z been implemented? Yeah, I mean for that one there, I mean mm-hmm. I, I read a really interesting article uh, or a bit of it because it was fucking massive, <laughs> so I didn't get through the full thing. But I think that was a was that a Slack channel. Uh, that they, I think, they started with, and then there was like a post-it on a Slack channel, which gave them access to this tool that they used for that Twitter hack. Like, uh, and well, I, yeah, I believe, it, I believe bad. the Twitter hack was a fish. I believe an indiv- individual was employee was fished by uh, this this trio of, of guys, um, and then the access was gained, sold on to other actors. So that's why the the Bitcoin stuff happened. That wasn't used by the, those that trio of people, I believe. I mean, I, I'm purely speculating here because we don't know all of the details as of yet. I don't know if we'll actually ever know all of the details. Because well, this article is pretty in depth, then, as if it, uh, and I obviously don't know if it's fact. So I tell you what, we'll put the link for that in the show notes. Um, I was just going to say, could you? I'd quite like to read that. Stick it in there, and I'll have a look later on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> the show notes, yes, all of those things. <laughs> yep. Those great works of art. So I've actually found the. I've not. I don't have it written down because we don't have any show notes. Uh, uh, but question that John Carroll asked, and we have never asked it before. Because what is the most embarrassing thing? On you go, one? Steve. Ask, your, yep, ask yourself the question. Well, hang on. Just just one last last thought on the last thing before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, like people's, you know, home routers, home networks up and things. Like, how many of them would like will let you punch out with like UPnP and stuff? Um, I'm just going to say that as well. Yeah, yeah and I mean, again, like the, the security, the security of home, you know, home networking kit, like you say, has not had the benefit of of business, and and maybe that's coming, and maybe we do need to spin up a business quick um, to, to build <laughs> build that next gen kit to deliver good home security. Um, right. Anyway, so yeah, so Mr. Carroll, um, most embarrassing thing was it? Was it that's ever happened to you at work or on a job? What, or? What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to a job? And did it turn you on? Was his question. <laughs> Classic John. <laughs> um, okay, so so there, there, God, there have been so many embarrassing things over the years. But did, but did they turn you on? That's the question. Well, so so the, the, the one that's that's the scope. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks, Mr. Carroll. If you're listening, you probably aren't. Um, so the 
so, so I remember, so we used to do a lot of training, right, back when I worked for the, the, the MOD and, and as we went through, got privatized into Kinetic, you know, we used to deliver like, like, like pen tester training effectively. You know, we had a week-long IT security health check course we used to run um, a bunch of us. And again, you know, I mean, I still, you know, I still run courses where I am now teaching is, you know, I, I like doing it. It's all, all good fun. Um, but anyway, we had, um, we had Peter in, the police IT organization. So we used to teach, you know, lots of sort of government type people because we were in of defense and civil servants. Um, and we taught people like the National High Tech Crime Unit and, and those sorts of people. But we had Peter, the police IT organization in and they were in for a week. And I forget what day it is. I think it might have been a Thursday. Um, and I was... I was in teaching from, from sort of nine o'clock till 12 o'clock and then somebody was coming to teach them for the afternoon and I was off doing other stuff. Um, and we'd been out f for drinks with them the night before, you know, for drinks and dinner. And I'd, I think I'd had like three pints. Um, so I wasn't, I mean, again, I, you know, I have been known to drink to excess. That's, that's probably a fair comment. But in this instance, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it was, we'd been out, we'd had a meal, we had a few beers, gone home. And I came in the next morning and I, I felt so ill, but it's like, no, I've got to, I, I can't get in, can't get any cover. I'm going to have to do this teaching thing. So, right, we'll go, go to the classroom. The guys turn up. And I think there was, there was about eight of them. It was just a small class. Um, so, right, get the first slide deck up, get about three or four slides into it. Oh, have we just lost audio? I just think we've lost Steve. Oh, shit. <laughs> Steve! 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 Steve. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we just lost you like mid sentence. I was like, <laughs> <Yes>. oh shit. <laughs> I was I hanging on every word, by the way. I was like, oh, you're, you yes, are back, yes. yes. You, <laughs> you were like three, like three or four slides into it and then you just went dead. <laughs> well, that's basically what happened. On the, so, no, so I, 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 they said you turned green. So I, I legged it, threw up, came back, um, carried on teaching. About 10 minutes later, have to leg it again, throw up again, come back, carry on teaching. Yeah, I couldn't get anybody in to cover for me till like 11 o'clock at the earliest. So I, I had to do about two hours of teaching uh, where I couldn't do more than about five or 10 minutes of talking at any one time before having to go and, and vomit a lot. Um, didn't I'm not sure turn me on is the right word. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it definitely was embarrassing from no, a I'll professional point of view. Um, but yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, then again, like, like drunken stories, my God, I could go on for hours of, of the hilarity and ridiculousness that has occurred um, whilst whilst drinking heavily and the injuries um, the that, yes, injuries. <laughs> have also gone along with it, both, both, both mine and others. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've all been there, mate. We've all been there. Uh, trying to sell phone actually, contracts when you're literally mashed out your face. Like, that was <laughs> one of them. Actually, I can, tell you, I can tell you what I thought was going to be horrendously embarrassing and wasn't. Um, yeah, so, so when I broke my arm at 44 Con, which again is another drinking story. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, again, depending on who you talk to, the, the stories vary wildly. Um, but it was, I mean, it was, it, it, yes, it was 44 Con. We were there. I think we were the first ones in the room, you know, when they had like the, the double decker bus with the bar on it and the, the room that was there. So we got in because there was free food, let's say, free food, free drinks. But we were the first ones in. And people would sort of walk in, see the food, and walk over the food tables and get food and then say, oh, is, is there a bar? And we'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's on the bus. Oh, if you're going, can you get me a gin and tonic? And we started off drinking gin and tonics. And that's like, well, we're not paying for them. Double gin and tonics. Well, we're not paying for them. Quadruple gin and tonics. Oh, dear. Um, so I think I drank about a bottle and a half of gin. Um, and there was a, a, a 
good friend of mine, well, I mean, a friend of mine um, was there, uh, who, who really doesn't like people messing with his personal space. And because I'm drunk and an idiot, I was messing with, you know, his personal space. So, so you know, hugging him, picking him up, trying to carry him around. Um, and, you do that he, to everybody, because like, you've done that to me twice. Like, and it's been hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I used to get like drunk and get into fights. Now these days, I just get drunk and uh, get drunk and hug people. But anyway, so I was, I was, you know, I was, I was causing him annoyance. Um, and at one point, he he grabbed hold of me and he grabbed hold of my watch and he like snapped my watch strap and then ran off. So I I picked up my watch and drunkenly chased after him. Um, now bearing in mind, let's say I, I was horribly drunk. Um, I had a pair of um, like, like German Army combat uh, paratrooper boots on that were like unlaced because um, yeah. So I, I went chasing after him, tripped up over my own feet, fell to put my hand out, obviously landed on my wrist. At the same time, I somehow like, back-heeled myself in the shin and gave myself a massive hematoma on my shin. Um, but I was so drunk that it was like, oh, I've broken my arm. Hey, let's carry on. Um, so one of my favorite, so Campbell, Campbell Murray was putting me in wrist locks on my broken wrist. Um, none of this, I, none of this, I remember. This is I've been told this after the fact. Um, but yeah, but let's see. And it's, you know, I wake up the next morning with the, the most god awful hangover. Um, you know, stagger out of bed, go into the bathroom, go to the toilet, flush it with my broken wrist. At which point, my sober brain now was like, "Yeah, that's not right. I'm, I'm going to lie on the floor now, go into shock." Um, so I managed to get my friends. You know, got me out, got me to the hospital. Um, was there for a while. They gave me the best hangover cure I've ever had, which was to put me on a drip and anti-sickness medicine, um, which was which was really cool. You know, X-rayed it. X-ray guy was like, "Oh, I've had a look. It's absolutely fine." First doctor looked at it. Yeah, we think you've dislocated it, but not broken. Anything, and then the, the consultant came along and it's like, no, it's clearly broken and dislocated. You know, patch him up, <laughs> patch him up, and send him on his way. So eventually, you know, it must have been about lunchtime. I think I finally, you know, get finished at the hospital. They say you can go. I look at the phone, work out where the venue is, and I walk back to the venue. Um, and I get to the venue, and the first person I see walking towards me as I'm walking in the door is Steve Lord. And it's, oh, God, here we go. Because, you know, I mean, I've, I've been friends with Steve for donkey's years. I, I know Steve very well. I'd caused him an injury at a previous 44con, sort of. Um, but that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole other story. Um, and, yeah, and so he's walking towards me, and it's like, I am never going to live this down. I am now going to get, like, the piss ripped out of me absolutely royally, and quite rightly so. You know, I was a dick, and I've made a fool of myself. Um, and Steve Lord walks up to me and he's like, God, your mate was pissed last night, wasn't he? And he was talking about Gerbil, you know, who we, we mentioned earlier, who I'm mentoring for B-Sides, because it was the first yeah. time he just joined our team at work and it was the first time he'd ever been out with us. And, and it's hysterical because I remember early on in the night taking him to one side and saying, like, look, be, you know, don't get too out of control. Don't get too hammered. You know, like our boss is here. His boss is here. <laughs> it's the first time you've met these people. Like, you know, try, try and be a bit sensible. Um, but yeah, but no, apparently he was, um, yeah, was like even in even a worse state than I was. Apparently at one point, like our um, our boss at the time, um, Anupu had um, yeah, Indian chap, bald head, big moustache, always used to wear a hat. And apparently, yeah, Mark was like pulling his hat down and like licking his face. And um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. So no, so let's see. So I thought, I thought like Steve Lord's never going to let me forget this. And actually it was like, no, no, it's like, yeah, your mate was in a state, wasn't he? Um, but yes, but let's say I have lots of, drinking related injury stories and actually Campbell Murray as well because the, the time I woke up with paramedics that was after going drinking with Campbell um, which again is that, that's not an experience I recommend so I went out in Worcester drinking remember meeting in the pub remember going to another pub 
Th then the next thing I remember is when I was, I was in, in Worcester, I was in the pub, and drink, 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 and then, then I'm sitting on my sitting room floor with like, my shirt off, and there's two paramedics there, <laughs> um, and I'm apologising profusely because yeah, apparently, and it, that must have been what about um, November time, maybe, but apparently we'd we'd been out drinking, gone to a bar on the way home, I'd ordered a load of these crazy shots, nobody else would drink, so I'm like, right, I'll just like bang, 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 throw them all down. Got back to Campbell's, apparently, had a cup of coffee, seemed vaguely sensible. He called me a taxi, put me in the taxi. I, I got home, clearly thought, ah, there's my house. I'll just sleep on the pavement here. Um, <laughs> so I, yes, yeah, so apparently I was like lying face down. Um, my other remember. half, yeah, the, the, the dog woke the other half up at about three o'clock in the morning, like whining and scratching at the door because clearly the dog knew I was there. Um, but yeah, but the missus came out and like she couldn't, couldn't move me. Um, so she phoned and she said like you were, you were a bit responsive and then you just sort of threw up and were like face down in it and not responsive anymore. <laughs> so she you know, dialed, dialed 999 and they sent like a, like a little mini ambulance, you know, like a car sized ambulance around with apparently this little lady paramedic who sort of locked me and said, oh, I can't, can't do anything with him. We'll call, call the big ambulance and, and the big burly ambulance driver. Uh, and apparently he turned up, took one look at me and said, like, oh, come on, get up. And I was like, yeah, all right. And then but like I say the first thing I remember is, is just sat on my sitting room floor because they said you know my, my body temperature dropped um, and they were recording my heart rate just to make sure I was all right but I was warming up by that point um, but like I say I, I just remember apologizing profusely because it's like you know this is entirely my own fault I've done this to myself you know you, people have probably got better things to be doing and they're like no you're fine you're fine it's our job and it's like you're on the third tonight anyway it was a quiet night we haven't got a lot on um, there's some lessons to be learned in here like because um, yeah. man, drink, two drink, two drink, lessons, yeah. or maybe three or four, maybe potentially five. Like you are a teacher, <laughs> indeed, Steve. Uh, but one is like if you're going to a con, you have no idea who it is you're speaking to when you're fucked out of your face. Like and if they're going to be a future employer, and that's not saying like obviously don't go out and get you know have a great time. But mm. fuck me, at least be careful, like because like you have no fucking idea who it is you're speaking to at any given moment. Like, uh, but. Um, yeah, get it, obviously. Yeah, just in general, just uh, and I think, well, time. <laughs> main moral of the story is don't, don't go drinking with Campbell, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, um, <laughs> actually, I, I, I'm only joking. I, I love Campbell a bit. He's a lovely bloke. I must catch up with him. Although, again, bloody lockdown. Um, bloody lockdown, indeed. But, but yeah, so now let's say, so I have, yes, I have many, many stories of, of drinking injuries. It's like the time the customer knocked me out. Because we've all been knocked out by customers, right? That's, that's uh, not... Sure. <laughs> all right okay, so, um so this one so we were away on uh, a small island somewhere um and uh, we'd been there again it was a repeat customer banking customer we used to do a lot of work with you know we knew them well we used to go out there a lot um and i think we'd been out there for a week um and so we decided that like the last night um you know we'd go out and have a few drinks you know we're, we're flying back the following morning um work's done you know we'll we'll go on a bit of a pub crawl around um around this place um, so we started off, you know, off the pub, have a few drinks, another pub, a few drinks. And I remember we, we like, some point early on in the night, we were, like, drinking pints of Cheeky Vimto. So, like, I know this night's going to end up not, not in a good state. Um, and it was funny because it was, it was me and one of my colleagues and our customer. Now, our customer was a was he like third or fourth Dan Karate Black Belt. Um, Excellent. You know, nice guy, very nice man, wouldn't pick a fight with him, um, you know, as wide as he is tall. Um, but so, so and my colleague who was with me had never done any martial arts at all. And obviously I'd done a little bit and this guy has done tons. So my colleague was, oh, so what would you do if, and what would you do if, and what would you do if? So this guy's like demonstrating stuff on me and throwing me around and, and, and we're messing about. Um, 
and and you know it's we're having a brilliant time uh, we ended up in i think it was the the hilton they had like a casino nightclub thing in the basement and it was the last the latest place we could find open serving alcohol still so we ended up finishing off the night in there um, and again apparently you know this the, my colleague is asking this guy about martial arts and he's demonstrating on me and you know throwing me around a bit but it's all fine and you know all the bouncers know him because he runs the karate school and you know he is he's a known entity so they're leaving him alone um and apparently what happened so so again i i don't remember the end of the evening i remember the aftermath um so well in fact so i'll tell you i'll tell you what i what i remember happening so i remember we were out drinking the next thing i remember is i wake up and i'm lying like half in my hotel room so like my my <laughs> chest and torso it's like it's just inside the hotel room door but like my legs are in the corridor uh, and my colleague is rubbing vaseline into my head to try and stop the bleeding um so apparently what happened was um we we left this nightclub and my colleague and, and the customer are walking along you know having a chat and i'm drunkenly dicking about and apparently i run up behind our customer and i just jumped on his back you know put my arms around his neck now obviously without thinking he just like threw me over his shoulder but i'm like really bad at break falls so i landed head first <laughs> head first on the concrete so i've still got next time you see me I'll, there's a dent in my head where i landed um and i had this huge lump like out the top of my head like um my glasses had like split the top of my nose open i mean my arms were black and blue like from the wrists above to up above the elbows um yeah we were a right state and we had to get up um you know with we i think we probably got like a couple of hours sleep and then we had to get to the airport and fly home um which was not not the best journey of my life but the the absolute the icing on the cake of this and we still to this day don't know how this quite happened so um one of my, my colleague who was out there um one of the guys in the office texted him and he he replied you know asking how the job went and, and my colleague replied but somehow the reply went to like our boss not to the person it was supposed to and i think his words were something like you know um you know like like yeah last night was great you know we went we went out for for some drinks with a customer and steve picked a fight with him and lost um so of course the phone, phone rings and it's now our boss on the phone of like what the hell's going on what's been happening but now i mean the, the customer was you know we we, we saw him again um so I, I used to love that customer it was a great guy it was a great great company great site um but yeah no he said it was like one of the best nights out he ever had but he was really worried that we were going to get into trouble because of of the state we went home in um i think it sounds like you've just uh created a, a better business and working relationship with your customer personally yeah. you know how to party steve yeah <laughs> that's, but again i look forward it's, to doing that again one day whenever the time comes but. So it's, it's yeah one, one of several times i've been dropped on my head which again on top of the on top of the sleep deprivation sleep apnea probably explains a lot <laughs> maybe um, one day it'll just fix it <laughs> just like one just one particular angle like and then suddenly it goes <laughs> correctional head dropping yeah, yeah, we should give you some of that, Andy. But... What the fuck's that meant to mean? <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> nah, man, you're you're what, black belt? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll pass. Uh, You'll kick I'll in pass. the face. You'll definitely kick in the face. Yeah, I've, I've done, I have done that before, to be fair. Not to Dave, but I have at conference. I have kicked someone in the face at a conference before because they were being a cunt. Um, well, but that's, story, that's the story of an Uh Yeah. Oh, no, there was a question in uh, Discord, actually, uh, for you. So the, the question is, I have a silly question for a security nihilist guy in the forthcoming... This is epic. Yeah. This is the best question ever. I'm not but... on Twitter, so I thought I'd ask it here. I see he's an old, grumpy English computer nerd using the handle uh, uh, Automaton Protection. 
And I wonder if there's any connection to the old 16-bit Atari hacking group from 30 years ago. Insert link. I bet you regret asking this now if anyone had any questions. It's an awesome question. Um, it's very Well, there's a long answer and there's a short answer. We've got um, time for the long one. <laughs> Good. Um, no, I wasn't an Atari ST user. I was an Amiga user. Uh, my friends were on the Atari ST. Uh, it's pure coincidence. Uh, I did get into, I mean, we used to, I, I, I never really knew anybody that was involved like proper in the piracy scene. I mean, when I got, when I got into, so, so like, I started playing on like, you know, ZX81s, Commodore 64s, I say then Amigas, NPCs. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I was not formally involved in the scene. I knew some people who were later, um, but it, it, it definitely wasn't me. Although we did, you see, I mean, that's one of the, one of the things I got into, like initially into reverse engineering. It was all like copy protection on games. It's, you know, can I make this game so I don't have to have the bloody CD in or so that I don't have to go and type that thing in when I start up? And it was it was understanding, well, A and game cheats. Like, that's what that's really where it first started on Commodore 64. Of like, oh, if I put a paperclip on these two pins at the back, I can make the thing reset. And then if I type in these book values out of magazines i can you know i can give myself infinite lives or, or you know infinite money or, or whatever um so yes i mean i i loved i absolutely loved those 16-bit machines um at the time and i wish i'd been more involved but my parents couldn't get me a modem and i didn't really know anybody um so no atari st nothing to do with me um but it was <laughs> but back then it was and i mean again i you know like pipe like the piracy sorry the computer club i used to go to um <laughs> which, which club. well again it started off, when, when it started off it was all amigas and sts and it was literally just like people would turn up with boxes of floppy disks um and and you would just sit in like x copy and just copy loads of disks and then of course it all changed to um to PCs and it was all like the, the ghost CD-ROMs and like the blobby CD-ROMs and all the other when when CDRs first came out yeah. um, all of a sudden there was all this stuff and then then obviously you know got to university got to the internet and, and then the rest is history um, and so many like if, I think the vast majority of our guests or certainly a fair chunk of them all have that same thing yeah well yeah effectively like that the, always gonna have the same thing in common it's not about the piracy side of it but it's just to say that that's the kind of stuff that has like got so many people into hacking like um that people just won't have these days and it's i guess i'm i'm gutted i never had that experience like um, it's amazing how all these middle-aged white men you get on have very similar backgrounds on your wonderfully mm. diverse podcast uh, <laughs> We're trying to change that. We've got like, we've quite... got we've got two oh, potential guess, female guests. Like, let's say two, time. four, but um, two two episodes. So mm. like security queens at some point when they when they stop being so hella popular and busy, um, hopefully get them on. And also uh, I like to get uh, Swordfish on on yep. or also as Chrissy Morgan. Uh, she, mm, she yeah. Is, she did a talk at Defcon Glasgow about hacking DVRs, and I, I spoke no, to her I, afterwards. And I was like. I'm, I wish I could have caught it because I've been chatting to her because because again she's been chatting to Gerbil because Gerbil does a lot of the hardware stuff and yeah um, yeah, yeah 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 no no I've, I've got a lot of time for Chrissy she's um, she's very switched on um, I think I think she would be an excellent well I, I I've invited her in the podcast and she has said yes just when she's a bit a little bit less busy because she's doing mm. so much right now it's it's yeah. insane but she she's really interesting so and uh, as well maybe uh, yeah yeah at some point I wouldn't say second name in case it. Fuck or something. Cyber unicorn. Okay. It, I mean, it's, it's funny how busy people are. But I guess that's our industry, right? Where, 
I mean, I, I, I made the mistake of, so one of my, one of my friends who was, um, you know, was furloughed out of work and I was like, God, I wish I could get the government to pay me like 80% of my money to have a holiday. And apparently that's insensitive. Um, <laughs> I've had the same after but, making but the again, exact same comment. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, but, but I, but seriously, I am, I am like busier now than I've been in, in years. Mm. Um, and I mean, yeah, things have changed slightly, you know, some of the work we had, with, that's all been postponed or cancelled. But let's say that there is so much other stuff going on. But I guess IT with, with again, the lockdown, people working from home, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, no, it seems like everybody is, is rammed busy. Um, There's no rest for the work. Busier than ever. It's, it's actually insane. I think I found, I mean, yeah, probably I'm a bad example because I work from home. Nine, 90% of my job isn't working from home. But, like, I found the workload to be busier than ever given COVID. And I think mm. our, our industry is probably busier than ever given COVID because people need security. I suppose it goes back to the original topic we were discussing about 20 minutes ago was the security of people working from home and the, the raised risk of people working from home. And as a result, companies have been like, shit, or companies that might not have had a work from home solution before are now like, shit, we need to push this out. Shit, we need to have it pen tested, blah, 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 or we need to have it red teamed or whatever. Mm. All that fun oh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's the kicker for me because about two weeks before the COVID lockdown kicked off, I just moved into an office. So for the first time in, uh, God, how long have I been working from home for? About 15 years? So for the first time in, in ages, you know, I've, I've got I've got an office. It's like it's in a building. There's other people. There's a puppy in the office next door to me because it's a dog-friendly site. Um, and I was so excited, but I'm going to be working in office. It's going to be brilliant. No, lockdown, you can't come in. Um, <laughs> so it's, ah. Uh, Timing. Uh, terrible. It's always, always, yeah. Timing was never my strong point. Speaking of timing, we've had about two hours and five minutes, which is not far off our record. I, don't think. I feel we've not shortchanged you with this one, Steve, and I'm very happy that that's the case. And we've got three fucking great hours so far uh, of you chatting in the podcast. I think it's well, probably it's not, it's getting... not three hours yet. We've got another uh, three minutes before it's three hours. So we need to. Kind no, of... no, if we include the. Ah, okay, so we need to at least oh, get to. Yeah, okay, I'll... three hours of Steve on the podcast. I've got, What's I've your got... question for the next guest? Is going Hang to on, be... let me. I, I'll, I'll tell mm-hmm. you in a minute. Uh... <laughs> in, in two minutes. To revisit that excellent question off Discord. Um, so, automation, uh, the, the Atari ST Wares group that isn't anything to do with me. But I can tell you in three minutes where, my, where the automaton thing came from. Did yes. We didn't cover that on the last one, did we? No, um, no. The, the one that you know nobody pronounced right. Um, so in fact, I have I have the slide in front of me because uh, because handily I did it on my Manchester B-sides talk that didn't get recorded or did get recorded but didn't get published. Um, so I can tell you that on the thirtieth of July two thousand at about twenty three thirty seven fifty two seconds um, or thereabouts, um, I ended up with a name. So alt.ph.uk, the the uh, UK freaking and hacking. Uh, news group for all those people that remember Usenet News. I remember um, Usenet, yeah, back in the day. Which was, you know, before before we had like, proper internet. Um, so yeah, so there was a guy on there. So let's say I, I worked for the MOD, and because I was interested in, in hacking and stuff, I used to sit on on these hacker groups. Um, and there was a guy, uh, what was it, Caffeine, uh, no, sorry, Vortex at caffeine.org.uk, um, and he posted a thing saying that, you know, whenever I post on this group, post links, like I get this hit in my um, in my FTP server log for um, or web server log, whatever it is, for this um, this uh, proxy at eris.dera.cov.uk, um, and and you know every time I post stuff, it's it's, it's like they, they're they're watching, they're watching these users. There's, there's some sort of automated scanner that the MOD's running to see what we're doing. And it's like, no, that's me. I'm visiting your website when you post stuff. And he's like, oh, but they never go more than like two links deep. And that's that's because your website doesn't have much worth reading on it. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so they so they thought I was an automated scanner, and because we used to play Quake a lot in the office, um, to, to shorten down automated scanner, because because back then I used to go as, as the Terminator, so I played as a cow skin, um, <laughs> but the, the automated scanner oh, wow. wouldn't automated scanner wouldn't fit as a as a username, so it got shortened to yeah automaton. <laughs> And that's that's where that came from. And the is, rest is, that, is history. The is that my three minutes? Mm. But yeah, but but again, because I like you know, because well, and the security nihilist thing again. That was that was what Haroon said about me and Mister K in his forty-four con keynote. Because you don't make up your own nicknames, right? Other people give them to you. Um, so yes, yeah, so no, this is very true. Actually, on that note, because um, I don't know the answer, despite uh, being pals with you for quite a while, where did Zephyrfish come from? That is a that's a question that nobody knows the answer to. No, um, my <laughs> my handle my handle isn't as exciting as that. Uh, my my handle originally comes from so those of you who know me in real life or know me on the internet. My name is Andy Gill. My last name is Gill Fish. Fish have Gill. Um... Uh, Zephyr came from actually originally back in the day. Somebody uh, like I was massively into chili peppers. I've always been chili peppers, and somebody's like, "Why don't you like what? What's your hacker handle? Oh, it must be Zephyr Fish because you fucking love it. So you, you must be Zephyr." And I was like, uh, "Nah, not really." So yeah, but you love chili peppers. That's that's like that's a good song. So I was like, "Yeah, fuck it." So I was like, "I'll sign up as Zephyr," and then like years later, it became Zephyr Fish because somebody's like, "Why don't you just kind of tag that on? It's a bit easier to to handle. It fits better and and shit." I was like. Yeah, that sounds cool. So that's that's how uh, that's how I came about. And I suppose and if we're if we're going full circle, Dave, how how did Fuzz Fuzz SH come around? Uh, so I went and found a domain, and I was looking for something that was six characters. Uh, and occasionally, I've got a couple of friends that will call me Fuzz due to facial hair and general hairiness. Uh, so I bought yeah Fuzz.sh. And uh, the rest, the rest was history. Excellent. That was, yeah, about as interesting as I expected that to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, Steve, what is your since you've basically uh, blindsided and bulldozed uh, your way into this <laughs> podcast where, for questions it's, and to be asked them? What is your what question? Sorry, it's amazing what continuously nagging you to get me back on will eventually, 12 months later... Uh, oh, actually, it's not 12 months, is it? Because I was, I was a few in. Um, but yeah, I so questions, questions for... God, that means I'm going to come up with like an interesting and thought-provoking question. It doesn't need to be interesting. I mean, John's one wasn't that interesting, <laughs> and it ended up being quite funny. So it this is true. Mm. And you have had, as you've literally just said, near enough 12 months uh, I tell of you, I listening to, to these podcasts. Look, you know that this was coming, Steve. You knew. <sighs> Uh, if you're on, yeah. if you're on. Um, God, it is. It's horrible having to think on your feet, isn't it? Um, and, and the trouble is, and, and not just repeat one of the questions you've already asked me. Um, okay, let's. Uh, the, 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 what's the last best thing you read? Or the, the last, you know, what, what's, if you had to. Something you've read in the last six months that you would recommend to somebody else? What, what would be. your answer? Oh god, if I could have an answer as well. Do you, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know this? Like, well, you're a veteran of music <laughs> <laughs> having done it second all twice. tour. 
Um, so I'm trying to think, where's, um, so, so I've been mentoring a guy at work and, and, and I told him that he should read a book that I read years and years and years ago. So I'm, I'm busy rereading it now, uh, which is a thing called, um, where the wizards stay up late. So it's about how the internet came about. It's, uh, Katie Hafner and Matthew Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's fascinating because it talks about, you know, like the model railway club and, and how, you know, they built like network switches to make things talk to each other and then how it expanded and expanded and how it was, you know, they, they never really saw, like they didn't think of the internet becoming you know, what it what has it become today. Like like you know, commerce. What do you mean? Come no, it's for resource sharing. It's like you've got a printer I want to use, or I've got a disk share you need. Um, what do you mean people will talk to each other via it? Um, and and yeah, let's say just just the way that they had this idea of this thing, and then how like humanity has changed it and and morphed it into this other thing. Um, but then I guess I've got you know I think that's what 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 we do you know as, as sort of humans anyway, isn't it? It's it's repurposing things and and using things for. And I mean that's that's I mean that's sort of hacking, isn't it? It's, it's let's say making things do what you want them to, rather than what the people that built them originally intended them for. Well, um, I can't imagine there's many examples of things in quite the same way as the internet, because obviously it's it's not just the internet. It's like if you go at a higher level, it's communication. Like, and I, it's just. It's so weird to think that at that time they've created this small, tiny little seed that would eventually be, I guess, one of the most important inventions humanity probably will have ever came up with. Like, all from something so small. Like, that's incredible. Is that, uh, again, I'll, it, I'll give that a read. It's trying. It's trying to picture life without it as well. Like, yeah. How would I? How would I function if I didn't have the internet? Um, I mean, like, like you know, like Google. How? How? How could I survive without search engines? Because, um, I mean, again, it's funny, I've been chatting to, because, again, I'm doing more mentoring and, and chatting to various people who, you know, want to get into security. So, you know, I'm sort of talking through them, explaining them bits and pieces and saying that, you know, a lot of the time my job is, is like Googling stuff. Is, is you know, oh, oh, what's been happening, Google? You know, oh, what's oh, that thing I looked at six months ago? Where's our oh, Google, right? Um, again, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just I, I cannot imagine what life would be like without it. Um, well, look at us right now, in this precise situation that we're in just now with COVID. Like, what happens in a pre-internet society? No, obviously it has happened in a pre-internet society. I'm not going to pretend like it hasn't, but, like, I, like to be able to get information out there quick, like to be able to communicate quick, like you know, like there's carrier so pigeons. much. It'd be different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would that would have been the option, right? Imagine getting your carrier pigeon in just to say whether you could go to the pub or not. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, how would you how would you monitor? How would you spread the information? Um, It'd yeah, be a weird, no. wonderful world. Yeah. Yeah, and that, but then you talk to like you know like people of, of sort of my parents' generation or more, you know my my grandparents that, that absolutely didn't get it, and that's the other thing is is like when am I going to hit that age where like modern technology stops making sense and I don't, you know, um, well I suppose you know looking at you know, TikTok and things it already has happened. Um, <laughs> Not but, sure that's but, quite technology uh, as uh, such, but I don't know. Like, I've asked myself that question as well, and I guess the answer is every generation or every age group, no matter who you are, will probably say, nah, man, I'll be cool and hip. No, I'll be still with it. <laughs> <laughs> in the future comes, relentlessly. Mm. But I'm excited for it, though. We're going to have a very weird and wonderful future in that regard. I, I, I'm not I mean, going to say... The future is TikTok. We're all fucked. Yeah, well, well I mean, it's looking at me. I'm not going to say it can't get any worse, because you know what happens when you say it can't get any worse. It does. Um... Bring on yeah. the thermonuclear war. That's <laughs> a, we discussed it earlier. Like, bring it, bring it on. We'll have no TikTok. Like, mm. sounds like a better world. 
So, um, yeah, I think that uh, that probably brings us. I think you are now the record. Like, um, I don't know about that. Hold on. on. Let's, like, let's, let's find. Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out. I kind of want you to be the record at this stage. I, we can spin this out. Come on, we've done it for this long. Yeah, fuck it. Right. The, the, broken, the broken record, I don't know. Uh, two, two hours and 21 is the record so far. Uh, how long we got? Uh, we got? Five minutes. Five minutes. Oh, we Steve, do... Steve yes. I will stay on for the five minutes for you <laughs> because you've came back, like, and that's not something anyone else has done yet. yet. You've left Ouija Cast and you've came back. Well, he never, he never left. It's not like he's like, ah, oh, disowned you cunts. Like, this is fucking game over. He just, he, he was on an episode, Dave. He hasn't, like, disowned us as human beings. He might have. He might have. How, how do you know? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, no, I, I you risky all about... on your birthday. I can't, I, it can't be disowned be fa- for that. <laughs> to be fair, this is without a doubt my favourite podcast ever, um, because because let's say not only do you let me turn up and, and talk nonsense, um, but you did you did very kindly send me a bottle of whiskey on my birthday, um, which which I have put away to save for a special occasion because I'm not just going to sit and drink it on my own. Um, although I have got I have got your face in my office, so I could I could sit and like pour pour whiskey into your eye holes and, and drink it myself. <laughs> did you get one of the famous G3C? Uh... Andy, we are all Andy Gill masks from Paul Ritchie. Oh, well, do, Paul Ritchie do, do you not remember like the after party? There was like the gold anonymous masks. Oh, I so I, I have I have up on my bookshelf on the top of my bookshelf where I have my my bottles of stuff, um, and my my lizard skin mask. Um, so I, I have yeah, and no, I have I have Andy's face staring down at me next to a a gold lizard face thing with an anonymous mask on, next to a liter and a three-quarter bottle of crystal head vodka uh so often the last thing that people will ever see what what crystal head vodka <laughs> no just andy <laughs> Gill just singing <laughs> over them like. what I, I'm, I'm not a serial killer just to clarify <laughs> it's it's the, it's the eye cutouts it's it's very because it looks like he's got massive black pupils um it's yeah no it's 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 disconcerting i might have to turn it around so it's not looking at me anymore because um, i could i can feel it peering at me um, but no that was that was god that was a good that was a good event that was a good party i remember that you remember that club they had it in oh, afterwards yeah. Yeah. um it was so loud i couldn't hear a thing yeah. i'm so old i'm so old so often. and boring again wait wait till you get to my age if you do um <laughs> no i mean again it, it winds me up god i'm, I'm gonna sound like a whinging old man all these young people with their loud music because um, I, I, I find that I, you know, I struggle to if there's lots of noise going on, I struggle to like pick out. You know, if, if you're talking to people, um, let's say I, I can, yeah, you know, no, 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 like background noise distracts me so much. Um, but it was, I remember it was, it was, no, it's good fun that party. There's some brilliant photos. Um, yeah, I had yeah, a great time at it as well. And that was their first conference, like, um, and it was at my old uni and stuff as well, like G3C. Like, and it was, yeah, it was fantastic, like, because there were so many people, obviously, from Glasgow that might have been their kind of first kind of con experience. And there's some great talks, obviously, Andy, yourself. Like, um, yeah, I gave my first talk that, had, as well. that yeah. had no swearing. Well, I say no swearing. Well, it did, because there was a count, wasn't there? Well, no, there, there, was, there was, like, minimal swearing, I think. Mm. But... It was. I said "fuck" under my breath, and then forgot I had a lapel microphone on, and it was just kind of game over at that point. Because <laughs> I went, "Shit, shit, fuck!" Oh, oh fuck! I've got a microphone on. End up in a vicious circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 
it, it was a good conference. I don't, obviously, COVID not going to happen this year. I think next year will be the year of, or the year after will be the year of conferences. I suppose it depends how long COVID lasts for and how, how oh, chaotic it is for how many. How, how many of us survive it? Um, yeah. That as well, yeah. I was going to be, I must admit, like, I mean, as I, said, I mentioned it earlier, I'll just mention it again. Like, there's so many awesome, interesting people that I've kind of engaged with on Twitter. Like, um, and it's not that it's the Twitter platform, it's just like, obviously, that's a bit of a space where there is a bit of a community. And if you avoid the fucking dumpster fire that's frequently on there from certain people, it's not, though, for me. Like, I don't have any of these volatile people really on my like feed. I just don't follow them. Like, everyone not, I've got is enthusiastic so much, and fun. Like, it's not so much nope. that you follow them. Sometimes it's cunts that just jump into conversations that aren't required. And it's like, well, why, why are you interacting? Oh, you're a, ta- you're a cunt. That's why. <laughs> I don't there know. Like, I've not had too much, uh, too much of a bad experience of that. But then again, I've got—I uh, don't have like fucking fourteen thousand followers or whatever you've got. Ah, it's only, only twelve. Only There's 12. only twelve. Only twelve. Only twelve people. People. Um, yeah. One thing oh. that um, about your uh, recent fake POC that we discussed earlier, I uh, don't think we mentioned because I did want to bring it up that you've done a really cool article. Uh, two of them, actually, I think, um, on. Uh, just on what you've done and your kind of what you've found from it, um, and it's on your blog, isn't it? Like just yeah, so I can plug is. your shit for you. But. Yeah, lots of stats. That's what we lots, want. Lots Graphs of and maps pr- and... pretty data. I mean, the, the plan is in about six months' time, seven months' time, to do a, to a third article of like follow up of here is all the data after six months. Here is the the data ma- mapped on on a map here is most popular countries i can tell you right now china is the most popular country at the moment surprise surprise russia is the second most popular and the us is third most popular north Health korea Prince. is the fourth funnily enough and the uk is fifth wow so and then another 12 months later you can do another update another 12 yeah, months yeah, after yeah. that and because is it still up you've not taken it down it's, it's still up yeah yeah Mm. It'll, it'll, it'll be... remain. It'll remain up until the Viagra run uh, wears out. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're still getting hits for that in like years to come. Um... Oh, it was fucking hilarious, man. Like, see mm. that whole day. Like, uh, it was just like just watching it just spiral and spiral and spiral. Like... Interesting. Interesting <laughs> enough. So, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you better turn Twitter notifications off." But I'm an absolute whore for Twitter notifications. So I left it on. <laughs> My phone ran out of battery twice. <laughs> just notifications. Yeah. So my, my, my total use time on, on Twitter on, on that day or, or on the phone sorry, on that day was seventeen hours of just Twitter. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. So it was running running in the background getting pings. It, like people people were tagging me in all sorts. It was getting all Dude, sorts you've, of you've got a problem. Um the I, only I, thing I'm annoyed at is that you went for the Rickroll instead of a direct link to Ouijicast. That is the only part of this. Ouijicast was in the third binary. I uploaded the third after you oh, like, oh, you didn't like, you didn't like Ouijicast. Not loaded binary. And there, there's actually, I'm trying to get out. There's a there's a screenshot of Virus Total of somebody running it on Virus Total, and there's a screenshot of Ouijicast. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be our new logo, <laughs> or on a T-shirt or something, maybe. <laughs> mm. but, Infectious. But I mean, that, is, that is the thing. Talking about like the amount of comments, because the other thing that I'm finding sort of during lockdown is. You know, I'm now on so many like Slack channels and Discord channels, and and it's just I can't. I mean, I couldn't keep up with them before lockdown, um, and I feel bad because you know I don't want people to think that you know like I'm deliberately ignoring them or, or you know like aloof and not talking to people. But again, just keeping up with stuff, and you know you'll go and look at a, like fucking Slack channel. So oh, there's there's only been like 853 messages since I last looked at 
listeners. I am. Yeah. No, so again, I'm, let's say, I'm yeah, lo- losing the ability to keep up with everything. Well, to, um, to put it in perspective, so I'm moderating DEF CON this, this week, and um, today alone, uh, as of right now, there's been 37,000 messages sent just today. Jesus. And I think as of let's let's check the current numbers. I think there's like fourteen thousand members or something. So it's not it's like two two messages per person all day, but we'll we'll get the get the numbers if Discord doesn't crash my phone, which it's done a few times today. <laughs> uh, where are we? DEFCON. So we're at fourteen thousand four hundred four hundred people joined the server so far. And it's day one of DEFCON. So fourteen thousand um, people with such similar interests fucking uniting behind one thing even through covid like and yet yeah. still people are so enthusiastic they'll get engaged personally i think that's fucking awesome like, i mean to put it in perspective the in-person conference gets between 30 and forty thousand attendees so fourteen thousand. Yeah. while it, it doesn't match up to those numbers yet but this is only day one that could exactly that could multiply tenfold tomorrow or, or the I day after I must. I, I hope it runs again next year because, because I, you know, I've been saying for years I need to get back to DefCon because the last time I went was um, 2004, I think. Um, you know, back in the Alexis Park proper DefCon, yep. not this oh, this modern weird DefCon. Oh, Alexis uh, Park! I remember Alexis Park. I mean, yes, there there was some um, some interesting times there. Um, but yeah, but I'd, I'd love to get back because again, there's you know, there's people that I I only ever used to see in Vegas um, that I haven't seen in God the best part of like, you know, getting on for. 16 years now um and that when the documentary came out you remember they had a what was that mm. like again that must be a few years back now but again it's watching it and it's oh my god i know them i know them i know them um so yeah maybe maybe next year maybe maybe i'll try and get back out maybe yeah, we'll, if it, we, we cast over next year we'll see Ouija cast like oh we could do like a Ouija cast defcon and just is, live stream it or no. is, that, <laughs> is that so we can launch our new home security products <laughs> Black Hat, like, surely we want to win for Black Hat, not like, Defcon. Yeah, yeah, and have the sponsored talks where you get absolute abuse hurled at you. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have our post uh, postcast chat about this and start getting some business plans down. Um, I might just delay the launching of this podcast just so we get the head start. <laughs> get, get a few patents applied for. Uh, <laughs> That's register, it. register some companies. Um... Yeah, right. no, it's, it's it's planned. Right, have we broken the record yet? We have, we have yeah, by a whole, a whole five minutes. Uh, I mean, excellent. It, to, to, those, to those who are listening to the podcast, well done for surviving two hours and 26 minutes of fucking <laughs> chaos. You know the only person that's going to listen to this is me listening back to, to see how much of a dick I made of myself. Uh, I can't believe anybody listened to the first one. But no, not at all. Steve, like, see, like, the thing is, like, see, the one, this is new for us like, as a podcast because we've already done the interview, so it was a case of kind of trying to just have a, find a way to have a general chat, and this is probably a framework for the future. But I will say, through this entire two hours, uh, well, two hours and 26 minutes, it's laced with a bunch of quite interesting stuff. Like it's been one of my favourite talks we've had so far. Um, just loads of interesting wee topics. Mm. Uh, good, good to know there's some wheat amongst the chaff. Uh. <laughs> I, cer- I certainly think. Uh, I mean, having a multiple multiple participant uh, podcast that's difficult to say slowly so, uh, so- would be. Would so would you have everybody on like talking at the same time or would it be like talk to one person then talk to another then 
Do I you think mean like a discussion or? I think a discussion. Yeah, I think it'd be quite interesting. Rather like than a... like a chat show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Well. Again, because I mean, because I think John suggested it, didn't he? John. John suggested some people. Yeah. He said. He said, he said was... Steve. Steve and 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 some other people. And I was like, well, yeah, Steve Lord would be interesting to have on. But. Mm. Oh no, my goodness, Steve Lord is an it's, it's an interesting character. Um, and again, I've, I've known him for well. In fact, the the the. The message on alt.ph.uk where I got the automated scanner thing, that was actually like a response to a thing I think he'd posted. Or, or he was, if you look at the, you know, I've got a screenshot of it, um, you know, his his name or the handle he was using at the time um, is, is in there. Um, because again, yeah, you know, he used to hang around with like the um, sort of Birmingham 2600 lot back in the day. Um, well, and DNSCon, of course, we all used to go up to Blackpool for DNSCon. Um, oh, God, that was something we are, I meant to bring up. Conference. Oh, no, well, we've already done it, haven't we? But, but yeah. Uh, but I suppose, well, we, we'll save it for episode three. Well, there will be. I think uh, yeah, I, I'm into it as well, Andy. I think we should get uh, uh, just a, a group of people that have maybe known each other for a bit and then she, like you say, with John like, and maybe some others. And, yeah, just have a fucking round table. Um, I mean, that's chat, when the war stories will come out. Because, again, that's, you know. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, mm. a bunch of old pen tests. Because, I, I mean, you know, like my memory's not what it once was I, I forget lots and but now you get like a bunch of us who used to work together so like you know like um i don't know like beachy and jj or or you know um cool. yeah you know because again you know like we work together for so long and let's say there's so many and then one story will lead to another story and then different people remember bits so yeah no let's say that but and again that's you know that's the thing about conferences you catch up with all the old faces and all the old stories come out um yeah no well, maybe I think, we I can think... get that on the cast if we can't even have it in person we'll have a mm. ouija con Oh, that, that dangerous. <laughs> we'll all get shit faced. <laughs> Just tell us more things. I realise I realize that's completely out of context. A Ferrari just went past and gunned it past. I was like, oh, it's a fucking Ferrari. Yeah, anyway, that's in Glasgow. Shiny object. Wow. But... Probably, probably stolen. <laughs> probably. You well, sure it was a real one? Oh, uh, uh, yes, it's an MR2. They always are. <laughs> let's not get them started on. Uh, Let's well, not get them started on cars at five minutes to eleven. As, as <laughs> Dave, has, well, I don't, I don't know if you. Someone described me as the Shazam for cars before. That was me. <laughs> yeah. Shazam. True, true words were never said. Uh, but yep, we'll get this podcast out hopefully for the weekends. Um, and uh, I think it's honestly it's been a really valuable two and a half hours. It's definitely for me, and we look forward to having you back on another time, Steve. Yeah, well, my, my thanks to people who bothered listening. Um, drop, drop me a message, say hello, um, and, and hopefully I will catch up with you all in person, face-to-face, for a, a beer in the real world at some point soon. I'm already looking forward to that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been episode 14. Uh, next time, we will have another guest of some description. It may be the chat uh, kind of roundtable. It may be um, Security Queens. It may be uh, Swordfish. It may even be Paul Ritchie. We don't know what we'll find out. Find out the next one. Cheers, folks. Bye.